0: 820-WWBA. 8. The Big 8. Hit,
1: hit, here we go.
0: It's time to talk sports.
2: It's real and it's fantastic. This
0: is the J.P. Peterson Show. Oh, yeah.
3: I like your stories and your reporting. Great show. We need uh, people that give it to you straight. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's kind of your crawling card, Mr. Peterson.
0: <laughs> this is the J.P. Peterson Show, presented by FanStream Sports. Hey! Now, here's award winning sports journalist, J.P.
4: All right, welcome into another Oak and Stone Football Friday. I love it, man. I love being here. It, it is beautiful. I mean, just sitting right next to the beer wall. I thought you were going to say everything. Me. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm more in love with the beer
5: wall than I am you. Hey, I if I have to go down to anything, it's the beer wall, so I'll take it. All
4: right, uh, welcome in, folks. Uh, we're down here at Sarasota to uh, at the Oak and Stone. Beautiful, beautiful restaurant here with the beer wall. If you've been listening to the show, you know all about the Great Oak and Stone. They have one in downtown St. Pete. We were there for the World Series. Had a blast there and a great crowd. And uh, it's football Friday. So we're going to be talking a lot of football. Bucks Panthers, got a lot of news to get to you. Uh, But if you're in the area, please come on down and stop by. A couple of uh, fans of the show are already here. I'm going to chat with them as we run through the day. You come over here. I'll put you on the radio. Yeah. I I will put you on the radio. Yeah. I will kick Tony out and yeah. put, you on the, put you on the radio. And then I'll be, I'll be taking pictures. I've already got people lined up. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. It's better than taking calls because they're right here. And we talk sports. It's L-I-V-E, baby. Live. Plan. And we got happy hour going on, which is an even better thing here at the Oakenstone because you get $2 Narenset American Lager. I haven't had that, but I'm going to try it. $2 pork Cracklin for you uh, Atkins Diet folks. Nice. That's no carbs. Nice. $3 Founders All Day IPA. That is a fabulous domestic IPA that you can get for $3. $4 wines and $5 Tito's cocktails. I mean, that is – they they made this for me.
5: Just How, for oh, me. Wait, $4 I my Tito's cocktails?
4: <laughs> $5 Tito's. $5. $5 Tito's and $3 Founders. <laughs> I mean, that's a, you know, that's a cheap drunk. I, I, I love it. I'm just saying. I love it. From my younger days, I would say, <laughs> wow, that's a – that's a cheap drunk. It's twenty five percent off the beer wall. How about that? And two dollars off all pizzas. So that's everyday happy hour two to six. So going on right now. And you if you have haven't pizza.
5: had, yeah, if you haven't had one of their pizzas yet, yeah, definitely, definitely worth worth getting one. I might have two of their pizzas. <laughs> what do you think about that? Johnny loves them. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty smashing. Um, all
4: right, we got a great. We'll bring you pizza, Johnny. I promise we'll bring you pizza. <laughs> like you had. We brought you one last time. We yes. did a whole one. I, well, <laughs> by the time one, it got it to him, it was it more it of a half.
1: a half, but <laughs> that's okay. Half day. it was a day
4: later, you know. It had. To sat in my fridge yep. like it wasn't going to get. Hey, you know,
5: you, know, you know I got the cold pizza. I'll, I'll, I'll take
4: one slice. <laughs> hey, I'll take two slices. Well, by the time you got half a pizza. I mean. Tally took one. It was all her fault. I'm blaming <laughs> on the dog. Blaming on Tally. Why did you do? So,
5: <laughs> what did you do?
4: What did you do? You know what's <laughs> on the pizza? chicken chicken was <laughs> on the pizza of course it was um all right we got our usual friday uh haunts gonna join us today shane Stafford will join us at 330 he's jacked up his second favorite quarterback is teddy bridgewater in the entire world so we're gonna get an earful about teddy bridgewater and how good he is and he is good by the way really good he, he, he was very close you know if tom brady didn't sign here the bucks would have probably signed Teddy Bridgewater. That's fact.
5: Yeah. It was it was think always about that. it was always
4: Brady, Bridgewater, Jameis. That was it. That was the that was the line of succession. Trust me on that. Um, I think Evan L. Bushman's gonna join us, right, Johnny? Is he coming is down there? since we're right near his house or is he still gonna, you know, diss us and not show his face He's here. He's calling
5: me. We'll see. That's a, that's a we'll see. Okay. JP, we want all the smoke today. We want all the guys, the sports caffeine people, to come out here today. Get your
4: ass over here. Where's Kristen? Where's the whole bunch? Yeah. Um, My man, Ryan Sudol from the Rowdies, who does the uh, Rowdies announcing. He's a Sarasota guy. Rowdies family. And a sports radio guy, so he's going to join us. We're going to chat with him. Uh, Dan Lucas is going to join us at 4 o'clock from Channel 8. We'll talk some Bucks Panthers. He'll be heading to Carolina for the game, I believe. Uh, Pat Burnham will join us up in Tallahassee, talk some Florida State, big exodus from the uh, Seminoles this week. Was it a good thing or a bad thing? We'll get his perspective. And Lee Starling's going to give us some winners. So there you go. That's a full show right there. We're going to hear from Bruce Arians, who talked today and went over all the injuries. And we'll also hear from William Golston. And Brady talked yesterday, so we'll hear that interview about his jet skis gone afloatin. Very you know, he's a he was a rookie. He's a rookie when it comes to his first uh, tropical storm. So he got but he got his jet skis back, so
5: I actually stepped in the biggest puddle while getting blasted by wind and freaking uh rain. Uh GM Nate's here. GM um, Nate. and we have some FSU stuff to talk about, so
4: we'll get you on later. he, he has a couple of FSU podcasts that he does. So we'll we'll get his take on what's going on up in up in Tallahassee. The Gators got a big game, huge game with uh, with Arkansas. This this is a watch out game. The Felipe Frank's game. Yeah, you got Felipe coming back. Arkansas has been better. They'll be without their head coach. That's probably a negative. Um, you're coming off a huge win over Georgia. That's just a, it's a bit of a watch out game.
5: We're the it's best. We're the
4: best. Kyle Pitts probably won't play. He's still questionable, but I'm guessing he probably won't play. So, you know, that's your go-to guy for Kyle Trask. Look, the Gators should win the game. I'm not saying, you know, they they won't, but it's a crazy year. It's a, it's a watch-out game. It's one of those where you got to be focused. You know, Arkansas has got nothing to lose. They're they're playing hard this year. They got you know new coach, but yeah, we'll see. They 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 got to be on their on their game as you do every week in the SEC. There's no letdown. Um, but we're going to start with the Bucks and the uh, Panthers, which. Man, the more I looked at this game last night, the more scared I got. Why? Well, first and foremost, if you listen to the show, you heard Solomon Wilcox yesterday Mm. uh, talking about, he talked with a bunch of Chiefs coaches this week, and of course the Chiefs barely escaped uh, the Panthers last week. It was, um, I mean, they very easily could have won the game. The Chiefs win it 33-31, and... This Matt Rule Panthers team, who we all kind of wrote off at the beginning of the year because they drafted all defense, uh, their defense is very very young, um, but they're not playing bad football. They're you know they're about middle of the pack. Um, the offense has not been fantastic, but they're in almost every single game. I mean, you go through their entire schedule. Um, they beat the Falcons they uh, in their fir- in their first go round. Well, uh, their opener was against the Raiders. They lost 34-30. A tightly contested game again. Um, the Bucks really handled them better than anybody else this year, beating them 31-17. You remember Leonard Fournette kind of closed that game out. Um, it was a good matchup for the Bucs, and I like the matchup this week in terms of how the two teams play. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, the Panthers beat the Chargers 21-16. They beat the Cardinals. Quality win right there, 31-21. That was at home. Uh, they beat the Falcons in their first try, 23-16. with the Bears the next week. Another close game. Uh, 27-24 with the Saints just a couple weeks ago. And obviously, you know what the Saints did to the Bucs. So the the Panthers played them very, very tough. Tougher than the Bucs did. And then the Falcons beat them 25-17. And last week, the game against the Chiefs. But what Solomon said yesterday was uh, the Chiefs coaches couldn't stop talking about how, how good the Panthers were. And how good Matt Rule is as a coach. Uh, Joe Brady is their offensive coordinator who was at LSU last year and produced the the greatest offense in the history of college football. Justin and, Jefferson, yeah. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. And, and remember, Chase that started. offense before Joe Clyde Brady was layer, really like, got a hold of it was, wasn't was great. And he turned it into something special. That guy is a, is a hell of an offensive coach. Randy Moss's kid was on that team as a tight end. That's right. And, and think about this. They've got uh, – and you'll hear Bruce talk about this in just a second. They've got three receivers – in uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and now Curtis Samuel has been added to the mix, who comes out of the backfield, and I think he had like ten targets a couple of couple of weeks ago, but has been very high at a hundred yard game. Fast guy. Um this is a team that is is loaded with weapons. and Teddy Bridgewater is orchestrating it very, very well. Shane Stafford's going to join us at three thirty and kind of break down Teddy B. So this is a formidable opponent. let's let's not make any mistake about it. And the Bucks are coming off their worst performance of the season. You know, as much as last week was, you know, I think the biggest game of the year in terms of their playoff seeding. Um, but if they go to eight playoff teams uh, in every in each, I'm um, sorry, yeah, eight in each conference, that game last week really won't matter because they're not going to have any buys.
5: Yeah. So the one and two you know, actually losing that game might. Might actually behoove you. Is that is that what would happen with no buys? Because I read something that it would be one and two would be the buys, and then uh, three would play eight, four. Well, would play. Petralka told us yesterday that they're not gonna,
4: the top two teams wouldn't have buys. Okay, well, so pa- Petralka knows a lot more than I do. Yes, he does. Um, he's he's plugged in. That's why we have him on. So, so in that regard, maybe it wasn't a huge game. So, but this game becomes absolutely humongous. Because you can't go one and three in your division, if you lose this game, you don't want to lose. You know, or well, I should say, throw out three horrible games in a row. Um, and you, this is a game when you got the Rams and the Chiefs on the way. You got to win. You got if you're serious about being a playoff team, you got to go in there and impose your will, like you did the first time that you played this Panthers team. I think it's a good matchup. I think the the Bucks. Um, if they have Ali Marpet, and we'll hear Bruce talk about that in just a second. Uh, if they have Ali Marpet and Carlton Davis, and it looks like they will, then I think it's a really good matchup. They, they match up very well. The Panthers don't rush the passer that well. And when Brady has time and protection, he will carve you up. When he doesn't, he won't. Yep. That's the biggest, I think, element of this game. If they protect Brady, he will carve them up. The secondary is not great. Their, their uh, pass rush is not great. Uh, I think you, we ran the football on him last time. There's no reason the Bucks shouldn't run the football on him this time. The only thing I really worry about is the Bucks defense at this point because they have not been great the last couple of weeks. They have regressed. And Todd Bowles has got to come up with a great game plan. They've got to um, They've got to execute that game plan. They've got to get pressure on Teddy B and become that defense that we saw that shut down Aaron Rodgers, not the one that laid down for the Saints last week, which was – very disturbing.
5: Yeah, well, you also got to think the Buccaneers also uh, let up a comeback happen against the Panthers in Raymond James uh, the second week of the year. So, got to keep your foot on the pedal with this team because, as we told, as we saw last week, they can compete with those high octane offenses like Kansas City, Tampa, and such. So.
4: And they're, and they're. Let's just be honest, they're a better team than, right now than they were when we played them in week two.
5: Oh yeah, a week. And they're also yeah, better, They're also a better yeah we too. They're also a better team in their record stands as well. Yeah,
4: I think they are. I think they are. So, it, it this is not going to be the pushover game that we all thought you know before the season when you're doing a, oh two wins against the Panthers, and those preseason picks are just usually pretty pretty off for all of us because you know the season changes with especially this season with injuries and uh, you don't know how you know, first year head coaches are going to. Going to do, and Matt Rule's been really good. He's very and he's impressing people across the league, and that's what's really impressive. When Andy Reid starts talking about how good the Panthers are, that's scary.
5: Yeah, it's, it's almost like them. a stamp of approval, you know, yeah. even, even though I don't expect him to say they're really bad, you know. Uh, but if you watch the Panthers play, and I think everyone saw it, but just because everyone wants to see all eyes are on the Kansas City Chiefs offense at all times, and the highlights of that game were actually really cool. Uh, Mike Davis did really well. Chris. Mc- back. Yeah. Um, back. And also Robbie Anderson still there. And DJ Moore is not that bad either. First round draft pick. They're very good. So All him, of them. And Teddy Bridgewater knows how to handle the football as well. Yeah, he's not as good as Breeze, but he did learn under Breeze yep. a lot. And you can tell. Pressure, pressure, pressure. That's going to be
4: the key for the Bucks. All right. Let's uh, listen in to Bruce Arians. Um, he chatted with the media today about all things, including Friday the 13th. Just uh,
6: the updates if you can on Carlton. I know he, he uh, you know, looked good. He was at least back doing some stuff, um, just how he feels and what you would do if, uh, if, if somehow it was a game-day decision type thing. Uh, he looked pretty good. I, I think he's going to be able to go. Uh, but if it, if it gets sore, you never know with a plane ride sometimes. And uh, so if it were a game-time decision, um, Cockrell and Smith, we've got some other guys possible. Uh, we can leave Sean outside and move on. to We got a sure. bunch of moving pieces back there, so we'd be okay. And,
7: Forgot you know, about
6: the Atlanta, last I mean, or... they've got a couple receivers. Uh, I mean, as a tandem, they've been as productive as anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, and as a, as the threesome, they're really when you throw that third one in there, they're really really good. But yeah, I mean, the the thing about them, you know, Robbie can go over the top. But Robbie's become a really good runner after the catch guy, and uh, they're all yeah. really good. They're all good. They're good the other two break tackles and samuel's like a running back and uh so yeah right. they, they got a they got a hell of a trio
4: uh well that um kind of goes without saying when you turn on the tape i don't think a lot of people know these guys by name i don't think they're household names the robbie anderson's who played with the jets and of course that team was awful um and now he's with a you know with a with a great offensive mind when joe brady
5: well, I mean, wasn't he with an offensive mind in Adam Gase? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think you answered your own question right there. <laughs> so now he's playing with a with
4: a good quarterback and, um, and a good offensive coach that gets him in, in very favorable situations. All right, next question.
3: Thanks. Mm-hmm. Next the team,
4: so i <laughs> playing this week.
3: Hey, Hey Bruce, I want to ask you about your third down offense. Um, It's kind of taken a step back in terms of the percentages and the success rate the last week or two. I just want to ask you, because it's such an important down, uh, what you need to do in terms of picking the right personnel in addition to play calling on third downs. What do you look for, I guess?
6: Well, I think most of it's matchup stuff. You know, if you leave two tight ends out, to they stay in base or they still go nickel? If they go to nickel, you don't really have a matchup that you're looking for. So three wides. Um, is our fourth wide receiver a better matchup than their fifth or sixth corner? Uh, then then you, you look for those matchups. But, uh, yeah, we just got to gotta do a better job of protecting and completing balls.
3: You guys for have some, we, we talked about this maybe a month ago, but there's this wide divide where third and six or less, you're converting like 60%, and then third and seven or longer, you're less than 20%, probably more than most teams. Any sense for why that continues to be the case? Case?
6: Well, I think six to nine has to improve. Uh, I don't think anybody's real good from nine to 12, nine to 14. You want to stay out of those downs. Uh,
4: but yeah, six to nine has to improve. Okay, yeah, the ball. All right, pause that, uh, Johnny. Yeah, that's protection. That's protection. You know, those routes take a little bit longer, and, you know, Breeze is not going to extend plays. You look at the teams that are, are really good at third and I guess you would going to call that medium or long. It's mobile quarterbacks that are getting out of the pocket, extending the play, and uh, and making plays. And that's just not Brady's forte. When and that's why they need to run the damn football Absolutely. and stay in third and six, and manageable, and you know, and stop going deep on first and ten with a low percentage throw. That's not something Brady has done during his career, so stop that.
5: Yeah, also, also, uh, I know Leftwich has been criticized for doing a lot of first down runs and being predictable. Maybe that was his way of showing how he was not predictable. Ah, okay. Uh, but well, a short pass is fine on first down, too. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that. that's, a, that's the Brady offense. Yeah, However, yeah. you have Ronald Jones, you have Leonard Fournette, you need to run the football. Damn right, damn right. By the way, Ronald Jones
4: is a better runner than Leonard Fournette. There. I said it, and I stand by it. All right. Ronald Jones breaks tackles. I I, I don't think I've seen Fournette break a tackle since the last time we paid the, played the play
5: I, I guess Fournette just gives you that, uh, I guess, unpredictability of you don't know if it's going to be a pass True. or a catch. Like if, if Ronald Jones is there, you're not really worried about him out of the backfield. Well, he's getting better, but I get your point.
4: You're absolutely right. All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. Yeah. Next will be Jen
8: Wayne.
2: Hey, Coach. Um, I just wanted to see if you had an update on Ali Marquette, If he's still in the protocol, or if you've got a better idea if he'll be able to go
4: this week.
6: He is still in the protocol. Uh, we'll see how it goes tomorrow.
4: He did Thank some you, stuff today, but he's still in the protocol. Thanks, Coach. All right, that's bothersome. Um, but what do you take from that, huh? He did some stuff today, but he's still in the protocol. Well, first of all if he doesn't play and i see joe haig out there that's a mistake yeah. uh, they made a mistake last week in their personnel choice and uh, they need to either put aq shipley at, at move jensen over at center and then play jensen at guard but joe Hag is
5: small guard, not man. a small guard he's a small a small guard who uh, uh, ryan jensen he's, mm. he's that's why he's a center honestly he, he ain't small he ain't small Either way, Compare, it, compared it, to Derek would, Brown, he would have to be better. Well, anybody compared to Derek Brown, so <laughs>
4: yeah, awesome. you know what I mean. Um, but it, it, I don't want to see Joe Hag there. That that did not work out so well. All right, we'll take a quick break, three minute break. Uh, when we come back, my uh, my buddy Ryan Sutlall from the Rowdies is going to join us, and uh, sports radio guy down here in Sarasota. So we'll chat with him a little bit. And Shane Stafford coming up at three thirty. We'll break down Teddy Bridgewater. We're at the Oak and Stone and Clark Road in Sarasota. Come on down and join us.
0: Let's rock. This is Unfiltered Pure Sports. Now, more with J.P. Peterson.
4: All right, welcome back. We're hanging out at the Oak and Stone in Sarasota on Clark Road. we got a bunch of locations down here, so make sure you come to the uh, the Clark Road one and enjoy the happy hour. we got all kinds of good stuff going on, 25% off the beer wall, $2 Narenset American Lager, $2 Pork Cracklin, Got to get your pork crackling and Founders All Day IPA, just $3, $4 wines, and $5 Tito's cocktails. Uh, don't forget their lunch special every day, $9. Monday through Friday, you get a pizza and a choice of house mix or Caesar salad and a drink. Can't beat that. Uh, my buddy, Ryan Sudol, who used to work with me at uh, 1010 many moons ago, also works with the Rowdies uh, doing their announcing. Lives down here, and he decided to stop by. What's up, partner?
2: Uh, not much. I'm uh, glad to be to back on you. the air with you. It's been almost it's, a decade now. Has it been that long? Yeah, 2011, 2012, before the, uh, oh. the FM failure uh, launched. <laughs> the Mike Pepper
4: disaster, as we like to call it. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't throw names out. Yeah, I, I kind of did. I kind of did. It's, it's it's common knowledge. Um how are you, buddy? Doing well. Uh, I love, love being down here in Sarasota. I oh. love this part of the, the country.
2: It's just close enough to, to St. Pete and uh, in Tampa to where I feel like I'm still in like a major metro area, but still yeah. it's quiet enough to where I can enjoy my alone time.
4: So what's the deal with this? Because uh, Siesta Key's right out here, right? Yes. Do They they film that show out there, right? This is they, a big hit, right? they film is this it, a Is this an ever-present f- thing here?
2: They film it around... The area. I mean, very little of the show actually takes place on the key. Really? Um, I, I'm, I've met a couple of cast members out here, but I mean, they do shots at Casey Key. There's, I mean, the house. Obviously, the one eight hundred gary House is right, right on the right key. So the, yeah, whenever yeah. they do the house parties and stuff, it's all there. But uh, you for don't get invited
4: to the house parties? No, no, no. I no, thought no. you're a local celebrity down here. No, no, no. no.
2: I'm very. I, uh, I, I try to try to stay out of the uh, the limelight the as drama. much as I can. Yeah, yeah,
4: I get it. I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, so tell me, what the hell happened with uh, with the rowdies this year? Um, they were getting ready to play in a championship game, and then poof, it went away.
2: You know, it was uh, for me. It was one thing where I was I was very much looking forward for a chance because the Eastern Conference teams in the USL Championship have been extremely successful over the Western Conference. Uh, so we won the Eastern Conference Championship, went up to Louisville and won for the first time ever because uh, they used to play in a, a modified baseball stadium. Uh, so now they were in their first year of their new home stadium, which I knew would benefit us because the dimensions on the, the baseball field were a lot smaller. And we never just really I think we were 0-3 and one up in Louisville. So we went up. We won the Eastern I thought Conference soccer Championship.
4: fields were pretty much uniform. They are. Unless you have to play in a baseball stadium. There's a – there's <laughs> like a 15
2: – like a in FIFA, there's like a 15 to 20-yard differential that you can have in length and width. Really? Yeah. I So I, there's – I did not know that. Uh, a lot of people don't. Uh, so we went up there. We won. And then uh, it turned out there were some COVID-positive uh, coaches. Uh, and then – Did you get couple- infected on the field? I, I – I have no idea because we did so well. We had fans for most of the season. We started out with like 100 fans that we allowed season ticket holders and members of the supporters groups, uh, Ralph's Mob and the Skyway Casuals that uh, were allowed in and socially distanced in pods. And we had done a, a great job. Nobody had had any cases. We hadn't had any fans that had any cases. And then we got Louisville and something happened. Something happened. And so rather than I think I think part of it again i don't know the the in-depth details but yeah. um is that player contracts typically expire in mid-november so if they were to postpone it for three weeks oh, or something like that, that. i think sense. that's yeah. i think that's something where they couldn't have had an adjustment depending on gotcha, gotcha. on that so they just decided that phoenix was going to be uh, the western conference champions we were going to be the eastern conference champions and then uh yeah the big usl championship cup was going to be in limbo so covid Claims another one, but a great season for the Rowdies. Oh, it was was fantastic. Their best ever, right? The the last playoff game we had at home against against, uh, Charleston, which Mm -hmm. we lost the regular season uh, finale to. Um, I've seen that place packed with 7,000-plus people, and I didn't hear it as loud as it was for the 1500 people that were there for that final game against the battery. That's pretty cool. at home. It was, Oh, it was awesome. And just the way that everybody rallied around this team, uh, and just some of the characters that, you know, come through and guys that stories of players that played against head coach Neil Collins and mm, yeah, had some yeah. little contentious dustups, ups uh and then to to come back and have everybody come together. It was just uh you know, Juan Tejada who was an IMG Academy kid, went to Eckerd and now he's sitting on the bench today for the Panamanian national team. Wow. So it's it's a lot of just a lot of studs coming through and, and doing a lot and we just it it sucks that we weren't able to to show up, because the game was scheduled to be on Big Boy ESPN. Right. I mean, not I the Ocho, not ESPNU. It's U. big time, yeah. Uh, so, to to have that ripped out from under us, it sucked, but we won the last game of the season. So, yeah. you, you, it's, it's hard, a great year. To, hard to be it's mad great, about that. It's a great
4: yeah. year, hands down. All right. So, the big thing that everybody wants to know is, okay, so the Rays bought the Rowdies. Uh, hopefully we get this stadium built in Tampa and Ebor. I still think that's going to no happen. coming. I still think that's going to happen. I mean, I love where they play now. I really do. I think it's a fabulous venue. But I think the the long term is MLS for Tampa Bay and maybe playing there or, or maybe playing in, still in St. Pete. That's fine with me, too. But um, they probably have to add some seats to Al Lang.
2: I would – I mean, obviously, everybody, when, when Bill Edwards owned the team and uh, had the – the idea for MLS to St. Pete, they they had some of the great stadium designs on the Lang. that would stay site. right
4: there in L.A. Right. Yeah. And it would well, be great. It, it,
2: even now, I would love to see them possibly redevelop the the trop site, um, which, again, with I'm I'm eternally grateful to raise ownership because because the Rays bought us. I got to work for the Rays in the the video board control room oh, nice. for seventy games last year. So nice. it's just one of those. Hey, you're here already, and you're in the system. You want to work? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. You're gonna, you're gonna pay me to watch baseball? Yes. And Deal. Some of Done. the best baseball, absolutely. Uh, but as far as where wherever the stadium is, as long as the rowdies are playing, I I you're I'm to hoping go. to be there. You're yeah. good to go. and it do, it doesn't matter if it's in St. Pete on the water or if it's in Tampa in the heart of Ybor. Or you could you could put the stadium in Seminole Heights, and I would still show up and
4: hope that think, everybody would be there. I kind of believe that MLS would work in Tampa Bay. I really do. I, I think you'd have to draw what you're talking about 25, thirty thousand per game.
2: I I would say. I mean, we and how many
4: games a week? Like, you know, I mean, one you, or we're two? talking
2: one. You know, every every other Saturday per month. Oh, that's um, easy. Yeah, um, yeah. and to, to especially with the ownership as stable as it is with the with Ray's ownership, and you yeah. have. Um, uh, Brian Ald and uh, everybody in the front office there just being so so stable like I think that was one of the turnoffs that that Bill Edwards because Bill Edwards just had these yeah. lofty ideas <laughs> for what he wanted
4: for for the yes. t- and
2: again it Delusions can't blame
4: Granger yeah and we all we all wanted that but it's just the time wasn't right and um you know, down the line, I think I think it would be great to have like a twenty-five thousand seat stadium right there on the water well, yeah, for the I, rowdies. I think if for downtown St. Pete, I think it would draw tremendously well.
2: And I don't even think you need twenty-five thousand because you look at as as much as we hate with our history with Orlando City, as much as I I hate the team, their stadium is just absolutely. That's awesome. Incre- and what is it? Thirty? Uh, no, that's like twenty-two or something 22. like that. Okay. So it's it's something very small. That's I think. all you need. Yeah, and you, go, you I, a lot of the stadiums in England that aren't your. Chelsea or Man United, you know they're only eighteen to twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand, depending on the uh, uh, depending on the venue. So, you know, if you if you got eighteen thousand and sold it out, I think it'd be just as valuable as having a forty thousand-person stadium and only bringing in twelve or thirteen. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Roundies are are right in prep for it, and the fact that the championship game sold out in like 15, 20 minutes yeah. was just. They Incredible. would have packed
4: it. They would have had 7,000 easy for, for well, the championship game. But with, or the, more.
2: with the COVID restrictions, yeah. we had to yeah. you know, keep it down. But, it, I mean, the, the tickets that were available were gone immediately. And it was the first time in nine years that I asked for tickets for a close friend of mine, and I got told no. So that's that's how I knew mm-hmm. it was a big deal. That's a packed house. So, yeah. yeah.
4: Well, hey, listen, man. It's good to run into you. Thanks for coming down. Absolutely. Us Thanks a for having update. me. I appreciate that. Well, and, uh, we, when, we've
2: also got the – I have to – To plug this, we've got the number one high school football team in the country right down the road in Bradenton and IMG Academy.
4: Is it their number one in the country? They are number one in the country Uh, right now. Now, they can't compete for the high school championships, right, Uh, because they're professionals.
2: So there's three teams this (laughs) year with IMG Academy. Right. Uh, There's the national team that is currently ranked number one. There's a postgraduate team um, that is like a a JUCO year. They play tomorrow against Myrtle Beach Prep. Uh, And so it's basically – Kids that don't have existing eligibility or they're taking that kind of gap year to try gotcha. and get some better highlight tape and whatnot. And then there's also the varsity team, which plays a Florida-based schedule. The head coach of the varsity team is Kyle Bray, who is the son of Notre Dame basketball oh. coach Mike Bray. Cool. Um, so the varsity team is having one of their most successful years. And they're – I believe they've worked something out. I don't have the details, but – where they're going to be eligible to participate in a Florida State in the playoffs. tournament yeah, everything's in, different in this year. Yeah. They oh, cool. will have a game uh, November 27th. We don't know who the <laughs> opponent is yet. Uh, and then the final game, I believe, for the national team will be next Friday on ESPNU. They're going to be taking on True Prep out of Miami Gardens, mm-hmm. uh, who's also one of the top teams in the state. But, there, I mean, there's, there's not a team that could – compare with this. This is probably the best IMG Academy team that I've, and I've how, ever and seen. And how many of those guys are going to go D1? All of them? Um, so the ESPN 300 for seniors and juniors, there's eight seniors in the ESPN 300 out of 1.2 million high so school football curses. kids. And juniors, there's about six. And then waiting in the wings, you have a kid from Riverview, Tampa product, so it's great. His name's Stacy Gage. Uh, beginning of the season, he had 298 yards and five rushing touchdowns in, in one half. Wow. 14 years old and running over grown men. Chimney, how big is he? 510, uh, 511, 190. Stacy Gage? Stacy Gage. Uh, d- uh, just a name to remember for the next four years because yeah. you're going to hear it a lot. Holy
4: hell, that's amazing. So, All right, partner. Good to catch up with you. Absolutely. Enjoy JP. the beer wall. me on. Stop I, drinking I, I, those St. Na- Pauli girls. St. Pauli well, non alcoholic. What, non- what, what are you
2: doing? I'm being responsible. All
4: right. I, I have no <laughs> idea what that's about, but uh, good for you. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. Shane Stafford's going to break down Teddy Bridgewater, his second favorite quarterback, to Tom Brady. We're at the Oak and Stone in Sarasota, Clark Road. Come on down and join us for happy hour. Great uh, pizzas here. Let's try the mac and cheese. I'll be here all week. Back in three. In the city and the
0: sunshine. The Big Eight. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on FanStream Sports. only just begun. All
4: right, welcome back to the Oak and Stone here in beautiful Sarasota. We're on Clark Road, the Clark Road location. There's a few down here, so if you're coming to see us, make sure you go to the Clark Road location and enjoy the beer wall. 25% off the beer wall every happy hour. And you can also get $2 pork crackling which is the delicacy that our next guest, Shane Stafford, grew up on in West Virginia. What's up, Shane? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Good. Where did you grow up?
9: I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, home of Danielle Marshall, Kerry Collins, Chad Henney, and Sugar Shane Stafford in a new ah, basketball. Steve Murray. Steve Murray, he just signed to Marquette as a uh, four-star athlete. Uh, going to Marquette for basketball.
4: I don't know why I was thinking West Virginia, but it's pretty close to West Virginia.
9: No, 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 no. <laughs> West Virginia, my man. West Virginia is like growing up in in, in, in Pasco or something easy, like that. Easy, easy
4: now. we okay, got a lot of listeners bad. in
9: Pasco. I love them. <laughs> Come on. That's what I'm saying. It's not a bad uh, thing.
4: It's a beautiful place, absolutely. They
9: su- hey, they supported me during, uh, you know, during – during my Tampa Bay storm days. Yeah, a lot
4: of, lot of storm fans up there in Pasco County. No mm-hmm, doubt, absolutely. Uh, um, I love
9: the West right. Virginia type a-
4: a- a- attitude. Let, let's talk about your one of your favorite quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, who's um, been lighting it up a little bit lately with uh, Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. He's, he's got some targets now. Uh, tell me a little bit about Teddy B.
9: Well, I mean, he, he is one of my... I wouldn't say favorite quarterbacks, but he's a guy that I do believe in. If I were, you know, uh, starting a team and I didn't have access to some of the premier quarterbacks, there is no doubt Teddy Bridgewater would be one of the guys that I would go after. The guy doesn't make mistakes, typically. Is he going to win you a game? Yes, he can. Will he lose you a game? Never, for the most part. So that's what you want to go with, and – you know, that's where I do love Teddy Bridgewater. The guy comes from the winning tradition down there in South Florida and playing for, uh, you know, the high school he played for and going to Louisville and bowling out and, and doing what he did, man.
4: All right, well, so when you look at the tape of him and this Panthers offense under Joe Brady, um, do you see a lot of similarities to what they did, uh, what, what Brady did at LSU, and, and how does that factor into this game? How do the Bucks match up?
9: what defensively or
4: offensively? yeah uh defensively against Teddy Bridgewater and that and, group of receivers
9: yeah and uh that's a great question man and and that's uh we got to get pressure on him we gotta and here's the thing this is what I'm gonna say again um just like everybody says the great quarterbacks you get pressure on them and you know that as long as you've been doing this JP man I got a ton of respect for how you uh, break things down because you've been around this game for so long and you've talked to some of the greats for so long, at least for 20 years, man, since I've known you. And Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, promo seriously. Out of you. <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, man, it's it, it, um what we need to do to Teddy B is we need to make sure we uh, cut the field down where he can work, get in his eyes, because he is a little shorter of a quarterback. He does have a nice release point, though, I will say that. Um, and he is making plays with his feet, but we got to be a little cautious, but not like um, uh, you know to where we got to be scared that he's going to beat us with his feet all the time. We just got to get constant pressure at the, at uh, at him, and let's stop freaking doing what we did last week, man, and being cautious, man. Let let's do it at certain times, but let's get after his ass and let's make sure that we know Teddy Bridgewater understands. That he's going to get hit every every play if possible.
4: You know, uh, when I think about this game, Shane, coming off a um, a loss like that against the Saints, you know, Brady rarely rarely has two bad games in a row, and I thought mm-hmm. the Bucks' offense was as balanced and good as almost any game when they played against the Panthers earlier on. So let's break down what Brady should be doing this week. Uh, against this Panthers defense. Hopefully it's not um, you know what we saw last week, which is, which is a lot of downfield throws to guys that weren't open. Yeah.
9: Well, what we should be doing offensively this week is obviously taking what the defense gives us. Isn't that what we always say? But what, what Teddy Bridge, I mean, what uh, Tom Brady needs to do is, hands down, is take what they give us. If they want to give us the run and now he needs to have their freedom, I don't know why he wouldn't. But um, if, if it's a slow paced game and we got to win 28 to like 21 or whatever it may be, we need to do that. And, and Tom Brady is great for doing this as far as not holding things to the next week. Like he doesn't want to show everybody that he needs to do it that next week. Tom Brady is somebody that all he cares about is the W, just like. You know, we we saw somebody eating W's last week. Well, Tom Brady doesn't <laughs> worry about eating W's; he just worries about getting W's. And my point is this: man, just let Tom be Tom. And, and, and the other thing, get freaking Scotty Miller back in the, in the mix. And I told you That's this what three I'm weeks about. ago. I told you this three weeks ago. I told you when when Scotty Miller got that hundred yard game and, and all those catches. I thought Tom Brady was making a statement. And there, yeah. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. And I did say this when we were on um, the other a few weeks I'm ago. On yeah. And I, I truly thought that Tom Brady was trying to make a statement saying, I don't need A.B. So I'm curious who mm. exactly made that decision. We all think it's Tom Brady. Who knows? My point is Tom Brady's going to do his best. To help a team win, he doesn't give a crap who it is. I promise you that because he knows he's going to be defined by that seventh championship. Well,
4: look, it, it had to be Brady because Bruce Arians was on it record. didn't have to be. Not, not only I pu- well, 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 hear me out here, Pumpkin. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce was on public record. Um, when yeah. he went on Tiki and tyranny and said it's not a good fit, he's not he's he's not coming here. We're not we're not interested. Blah 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 blah. And he told me directly a lot of things, and, and that and and I told my audience he, he, he we are not signing AB. Trust me, Bruce Arians is not interested. He
7: mm-hmm. coached
4: this this guy at Pittsburgh. He knows all the things that went on at Pittsburgh a lot more than has ever reached the press, and it's never mm-hmm. going to happen. And then poof, all of a sudden he's here now was it was it Jason Light saying look he's gonna sign with Seattle if we don't if we don't get him or he's gonna sign with Green Bay if we don't get him and, and so to keep him from going other places, I get that a little bit but you know to, to try and bring in a guy like this in the middle of the season and his first game is against the Saints the, the biggest game of your season, I don't think you, I don't think you could ever really say that that was a great idea. Um, I just I mean you know more about this than I do in terms of call plays. And you know, trying to work in certain guys, um, but look, the bottom line is Scotty Miller's targets went down to three, and A.B.'s targets went to five, and that's that was a major difference. And it's it's a guy that hasn't worked with Brady except for a week and a half of practice, if that, and, and one week. I don't think even think Brady was there. Um, and and a guy that's been working with him since the middle of the summer. And I'm talking about Scotty Miller. I don't think that was a great idea, to be quite honest. And but again. Having A.B. in the long run, does it make you a better team in December? Yeah, probably it does if you work them in the right way. And I think that's what, what Brady is really concentrated on more than anything. I, I mean, what do you think about that?
9: No, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I will say this. It all depends on how he fits in with everything. And and, and the Bucks don't have anything that's going to tie them to A.B. If A.B. doesn't fit, hey, goodbye, you know, blah, 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 um, moving forward. I will say this. Do I think A.B. can help us 100%? Do I think it was totally last week the coaching staff and all their play calling that made the difference? No, I don't. It was some of the, uh, you know, the execution. Lack of protection. Oh, my God. And I've told you this again. I, you know, I know you keep defending the offensive line. And I'm going to tell you this, man. They are so inconsistent. And well, I know they, they lost last Allie Marks. But what we're not doing, here's, here's what we got to understand. Here's what I want you to understand here, JP. When it comes to protection, it's so much deeper than just my five versus your D lineman plus a linebacker. We're talking about the O line. It is about not just your center, guard, and tackles, it's about the blitz protection. It's about sliding it, it's about yeah. giving your quarterback uh, different opportunities, bringing a wide receiver in or a tight end in, in certain personnel. To go ahead and chip before he gets out in his route because he knows that he's going to be just a dump off type of deal. And what we did, in, and I'm, I'm telling you, against uh, what's his name, Jordan from from uh, uh, New Orleans, you matched him up against a rookie freaking tackle. That is not good to start the game. If anything, we should have chipped that guy. We should have hunted that guy and let him know. Even if we're not going to hunt him the whole game, let him know the first one or two, three series that we're coming after you, bro. And then don't even touch him again. Now he's thinking about it. So that's where game planning, that's where, in my opinion, we need to grow up from a game planning standpoint. And Tom Brady, his hands are tied if, in fact, he can't slide protections because of uh, certain route combinations or
10: because
9: of it, hell, we ran the ball five times. I know we all know that it's um, we we shouldn't have done that. We threw the ball three times, freaking in, in, in the red zone on the on the plus two. Like, How about those on, fades?
4: Man. I mean, what what was this, that?
9: Look, I've those done that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I've done that and it's worked. I've done it three times. And, and we look. If you can't win one out of three, then then you need to get a new receiver. And um, you know it. it that part I don't agree with in the NFL. I think you have too many athletes. I really do,
4: JP. And, and, and Lattimore I'm, has has played Mike tough. Uh, yeah. it's not yeah. like he's some small corner that that uh, that he can out physical and jump over. He's played him yeah. tough, and I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what that is. That's that can't be your best matchup on the field when you got you all that talent. When you got you when you got Chris Godwin, AB. Brate who's great in the red zone. Gronk who's great in the red zone and Mike Evans. All those guys, you got all those guys and and that's the best matchup twice right. in, a, in 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 one series. Come on.
9: I agree with you, bro. I agree with you, JP, and that's where we need to uh we need to figure something out. And that's yeah. where I think not running the rock is hurting us even though supposedly people are saying with everybody hurt up front or whatever, nicked up and blah blah blah. We still have to establish a run. You can't win in this league. I know Tom Brady has won up in New England throwing the ball 50 times and running it 10 times. But that's a different story, and we don't have that here. Let's go ahead and continue to do what we're doing you know, I text you, what, was it the, uh, after uh, the third series? I'm like, Can, why are we not running the ball? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But hey, yeah. And if people
4: want to say, you know, we ran the ball four times and we did get behind very, very early, and I get that. But true. the first four series, when the game was still somewhat in doubt, um, right. we completely abandoned the run. And, yeah. and, and I'll say this, this week, if we do that, um, Ronald Jones, first of all, I think he's a better runner than Leonard Fournette. I just do. He breaks more I tackles. I think he's. I think he's a better runner. The numbers say that as well. Uh, Fournette's a, a better pass receiver. Runner. Yeah, I mean that, that they have their roles, but we got to. Those guys got to at least get ten to fifteen carries a piece this week, right?
9: Dude, I totally agree, and I wouldn't even hesitate to give uh, Ronald Jones give him the rock twenty times and let Leonard yeah. Fournette come in and shut it down just like we did it uh, when we first got Leonard Fournette. Here's the thing. Let's go ahead and put the pressure on the dang Carolina Panthers. Let's make them come from behind. Let's get back to what we're doing defensively. And here's what I'm going to also tell you, man. JP, I've been in situations where I've gotten my behind whooped by a team, and then I went in the playoffs and faced them on the road and whooped the crap out of them. So this stuff, and I'm talking about uh, in the AFL, it's professional football. My point is this. We got our butts whooped. Coaching, offense, defense, special teams, up front, secondary, everything you can imagine. You know what? Let's swallow that pill, and let's go ahead and let's look forward and not behind. The good Lord put two eyes in front of our head (laughs) so we can see twice as forward as we can and behind us. You know what I'm saying? And that's why he did what what he did. So let's go ahead and do that. And and as much as we're, uh, you know, agonizing over this stuff. We have a good squad, and, and we need to make a difference moving forward.
4: Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. All right, partner, um, I'm looking forward to this one and breaking it. Oh, one more thing. So, yeah. Bruce Arians came, comes out on his day after the game press conference and says, Mike Evans was open. Um, You looked at the tape. Yeah. I looked at the tape. I'd say there were two or three plays where I'd say, eh, well, maybe he could have gone that way. Uh, what did you make of the comments? What do you think? It, it, are we ignoring Evans? How, how does this work?
9: Dude, it goes back to the whole A-B thing, if you really want to get into that. And I don't have enough time. Yes. or we, You don't have enough time on your show for me to break that part down. All but, right, we, got,
4: we got three more minutes. So go ahead. Why not? Okay. Let's just do it. All right, so let's go. So here's what I'm saying is,
9: yes, did he have time to go to him? Everybody has time to go to Mike Evans, no matter what, whether it's one on one with him or two on one. But my point is this: Tom Brady, like we all knew, he wanted to get him in AB, being him, um, he wanted to get him involved. He wanted him to, you know, feel comfortable. He wanted the entire team in in the league and in, in our, uh, you know, everybody that follows the Tampa Bay Bucks wanted to see that AB is going to be relevant. This week, starting from week one, that's nonsense. And that's where I think Tom Brady was wrong this time. Now, I agree. I do do agree. Yeah, I do agree with with where Bruce Arians was going with this. Yeah, there were times where absolutely he could have gone to, um, you know, exactly what Bruce Arians was saying. No doubt about it. He could have gone to Evans. And my thing is this I. I'm still a big believer with Chris Godwin and he was not hundred percent healthy. And I don't think that Tom Brady felt that uh, Godwin was hundred percent healthy. Now, once Godwin is hundred percent, the entire offense is going to open up again. That is our freaking game changer. And that's Hi. the guy that's going to get Evans, all his catches and get a B and get everybody. So to your point, I don't know that, you know, Bruce Arians was trying to say that, oh, we should have thrown it to uh, Evans more or less. Or, man, BS.
11: Oh,
9: man. A.B. screwed us this week. We shouldn't have played him. I, agree. Played, played I agree.
4: I agree wholeheartedly, man. Yeah. And it's not A.B. per se. It's not anything he did. It was the organization's right. decision to put You're him right. in and go to him that many times. You know, he's supposed to be the insurance policy. Well, if all your receivers are healthy – and your offense has been clicking for the most part this year. Why do you want to bring that guy in in that situation? Maybe wait till the next week against Carolina, where the game is not as crucial, and you got maybe a bit of more advantage. Why yeah. rush him in there when you're when you're, you know, when you're you're playing the most important game of the year, and he doesn't have chemistry with with Brady yet in this offense?
7: I think right. it was foolish.
4: I think it was a bad call. I think. Putting Joe Hague in there at guard instead of Shipley or somebody, I think that was a bad call. This is on the coaches in the organization, not not AB and Brady, too, because Brady's the one who pounded the table to get AB in here. I'm convinced of that.
9: Yeah, and I don't necessarily disagree with you there from that standpoint as far as, uh, you know, Tom Brady making some of those decisions or helping being a part of some of those decisions. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we don't protect Tom, and Tom exactly. is exactly. behind, what in the beginning of the game? And That's when true. you do all right, that, partner.
4: Listen, I got a heartbreak yeah. right now. All I got right. a heartbreak. We got to get out. Um, yeah. Great stuff as always, my friend. Have a great Love weekend, and we'll we'll talk on Monday. Sounds good, man. Hey. Make some noise. The big eight
1: twenty WWBA. Let's go
0: right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports.
4: All right, welcome back to the beautiful Oak and Stone here in Sarasota. Uh, gorgeous restaurant here. Lots of wood. The uh, the amazing beer wall. And they just served us the Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. Always a smash hit. Which are off it. the charts. Always a smash hit. And the fried pickles. The hand-battered fried pickles. Now It doesn't sound like the most delectable. It's amazing. With the sauce they give you, fried pickles. Highly recommend and a man that knows a beer wall better than anybody I know, the great Dan Lucas from News Channel 8, joining us now. What's up, Dano? How are you?
12: Uh, did you say Philly cheesesteak egg rolls?
4: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Wow. With a cheese Whiz wow. sauce.
12: Oh, my God. That is yeah. phenomenal. phenomenal.
4: Yes. Who, whoever came tough. up with that idea, I fully uh, concur.
12: Oh, man. I'm, but I'm how going. about
4: this? A beer wall of, not, of 50 beers, 50 different IPAs uh all types from everywhere local breweries here and all over the nation and you you get a band right and you just press yep. the band up against it you get 64 ounces and you can pour whatever you want you just go down the go down the row and just start tasting and drinking it's wow. it's like uh it's like a buffet of of craft beer
12: come on that's unbelievable i love it you know what you know what i like to do in those situations i like to ask just give me the tour uh, yeah. Or you know, I, I say, look, this is what I, this is what I'm into. This is what I'd like to try, and I just like to, I like listening to the experts talk. And yeah. uh, when it comes to beer, uh, it's just fascinating. And before you know it, I'm drinking something I probably wouldn't have looked at and chosen. That's that's what's so cool about those places.
4: 100. Uh, percent. And that's what I do when I go to Oak and Stone. They're managers. Now the guy that in um in the in the one in downtown St. Pete, and he's he knows his beers. He act, it's actually a name for the for, – like, you know, for wines, it's a sommelier. For beer, it starts with a C, and I forgot the name. But anyway, he huh. knows all of it, and I asked him, and he's like, oh, yeah, try this one, try this one, try this one, and, and nailed it every time. So that's if awesome. you're if that's you're a beer, awesome. craft beer connoisseur, that's what you got to do.
13: Mm, good stuff. Now I'm craving a beer. Thank you.
4: Yeah, well I- – I, I started the show drinking, so this is going to get really interesting in the five o'clock hour. So, I love it. I love all it. All right. Sorry, are you going to Carolina this this weekend? Uh, the lovely Karen Loftus
12: is heading up there uh, this weekend, uh, okay.
4: and uh, it's
12: it's uh, I, I I'm so curious to see what we what we're going to get uh, this week from the Bucks because all signs point to a, this being a rebound game, but. Um, I think the Carolina team is—it's kind of like the Giants in that they're getting better and better. And uh, so, I, th- who, who's more motivated? I guess I would have to say the Bucks at this point to just put last week in the rearview mirror and show everybody that was embarrassing last week. And yeah. uh, so that that's to me is why I think the Bucks are—you know—they're going to get out of this one. But I don't think it's going to be an easy game by any stretch.
4: No, I mean when you look at—I was watching some of the highlights uh, from the Chiefs. Panthers game last week that they lost 33-31. The Panthers could have easily won that game. Um, you know, in, in, in Bringing Curtis Samuel into this offense with uh, DJ Moore and, um, and and Robbie Anderson and Mike Davis, even though McCaffrey's out, this Mike Davis kid can run the damn football. They have a very, very potent offense that's getting better every week under Joe Brady. And this Bucs defense better be ready. And if Carlton Davis can't play, um, that's going to be a huge issue. Uh looks like I he's agree. going to play, but I don't know how good he's going to be.
12: I don't know. Bruce Arians said today they're going to—he's going to fly up there and they're going to just get dressed and see how it goes. And this could be a game-time decision for Carlton Davis. And um, for me, the Bucks defense—they uh, need to—they need to get back to that run stop. And uh, the past two weeks, I mean, the Giants lit them up. It was, I guess it was more than four yards a carry. And then the yep. Saints, of course, the Saints. The average was less for the Saints, but Kamara, I mean, he's a special guy for sure, but um, they hit him for some big gains on runs, and it really made the Bucks look confused, and and uh, I, I would have to imagine Carolina's going to try and do the same thing. I it, i never thought, three weeks ago, I never thought we would be saying this about the Bush run defense.
4: Well, I mean, I try to tell people when they lost Vea this is going to be a huge loss, and I think the first game... Um, it it didn't look that way, but against the Giants and last week against the Saints, it's uh, it, it, they've got to come up with something because this is not the same defense without Vita Vea. And look, in, in injuries happen, and, and I would say last week we did the coaching staff did not do a great job uh, coming up for it with with an answer of not having Vita Vea and certainly not having Ali Marpet. Putting Joe Hague in there was a disaster. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I hope I don't see him in there this week. Uh, but that, and that's on the coaching staff. They got to come up with a better plan when, when players get injured, right?
12: I think you're right. I mean, depth is depth, and I know it's a, it's an right. issue all teams have. The Panthers are going to be without their left tackle uh, this week, so that's that's something to, to start with if you're on the Bucs defense. But um, you know, Ali Marpet, he, he's going to be a Sunday decision as well. He's, uh, he's limited practicing, but he's not ready to go yet. And I I, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. Last Sunday, it was massive.
10: Huge.
12: And, uh, yeah, so I, and if you're the Panthers watching that tape, uh, I'm going right after Haig. And if I'm Haig and also Donovan Smith, who who Arians admitted today didn't really have a very good game, um, <laughs> you know, you are, like, really minding what you're doing in this game coming up Sunday.
4: Yeah. I mean, look. The bottom line, I think we've learned about Brady is, and and we knew this already, but I think watching it right in front of your face every game, it's, it's ever true. You, if you don't protect him, you got no shot. You know, he's not making any plays out of the pocket, uh, and he doesn't have to. But you just got to protect him. You've got to come up with a better plan than leading Cameron Jordan one on one with Werfs on the first play. A better plan than. You know, at thinking Joe Haig is just going to step right in for Ali Marpet and is not going to need any help. That you got to have a better plan, especially early on when the first three plays, Joe Haig's a swinging gate and Brady's getting hit. Like, okay, alarm, (laughs) hello, (laughs) let's give the let's give him some help. It's almost like when you when you
12: watch a a college game and one team is just so overmatched that now you're running back forget running the ball he's just in there as a safety uh gauge a yes. safety valve to, to keep your quarterback alive and uh, it's almost like you needed a guy to park right behind heg just to keep brady on his feet and uh god they were so one-dimensional uh not only that but but the score dictated it as well but but uh it just it just looked completely confused and and uh, even, you know, like Brady took enough criticism as well. Was he making the right progressions? Uh, was he overlooking Mike Evans and all that stuff that we talked about all week long? But yeah. uh, I, think, I think some of that, uh, I don't know if it's the word panic is appropriate, but, uh, you know, things operate a lot smoother when he's got a second and a half more than he had uh, last Sunday. So I, I know, I can tell you right now, Carolina's going after that side of the line for
4: sure. Oh, yeah, especially if Ali Marpet doesn't play. I, I think he's going to play. If he's practicing every day, then and, I, and, and pretty much as, from what I know from these concussion protocol things, if there's any question whatsoever, they're going to hold you out of practice. And yeah. he's been practicing all week. So I have a pretty good feeling that Marpet's going to play. I know he hasn't fully practiced, but I think he's going to play. Carlton Davis I have no idea about because I guess he hurt his knee in practice yesterday. So yeah. that And if he doesn't play – uh, Dano, I'm I'm telling you, man, that's going to be, you know, what do they do then? I mean, who's who's guarding Robbie Anderson? Who's tearing, you know, he's tearing it up this year. Who's who's yeah. guarding this this great group of receivers for the Panthers?
12: You know, all of a sudden, you're asking your safeties to to do some double duty as well. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like you you mentioned, all three of those guys on the wide receivers, it is a three headed monster uh, for them. And remember that, you know, they're not known for tight end Carolina, but tight ends. Uh, seem to have a, a knack against going across the middle or down the middle getting those 12-yard pass plays against this defense. So uh, they're going to try and throw the football, and that's what Bridgewater did uh, in the first game here earlier in the season. Remember, it started out with such a disaster for the Panthers, and then he just started plugging away, and, and that's yep. how they got into it. He was he, these passes. Um, and you mentioned the Chiefs game this last Sunday. They, they're just much improved, and that's what has me a little concerned. Uh, they're starting to really start clicking on offense in Carolina.
4: Yeah, we had uh, Solomon Wilcotts on yesterday from Pro Football Focus, and he said um, that he talked to the Chiefs coaches this week, spent some time with them, and they couldn't stop talking about how impressed they were with uh, Matt Rule, uh, the new Panthers head coach, Joe Brady, what he was doing on offense, and just their team in general, about how well they were playing, how fundamentally sound they were playing, and he's they were like, "You watch out, this team's going to have a good second half, so... Uh, I mean, if the Bucks in any way underestimate this team, they're going to get their ass kicked. And It's a possibility. Uh, yeah.
12: yeah. Yeah. Of course. You, I mean, you, as the away team, I, I don't know what away games mean in 2020. As yeah. Far as, you know, other than you have to fly and stay in a hotel and it sucks and, you, you know, the disruption from your normal routine. But um, it's there. You can get licked in this league. And uh, we've seen some games. Look at last night's game. For instance, I mean, I didn't see Indianapolis doing that no. to uh, Tennessee. And, and so, if you're not ready to go, you're going to get it in this league. Yeah. And, and uh, they're just catching these teams like they caught the Giants uh, at, at, a, at a period where the Giants are starting to make it happen. They got away with it, and they're catching the Panthers in the same exact position. Panthers have, I think the Panthers, you know, they all, like you said, they should have beaten Kansas City. So, yeah. mentally, if you're a player on that team, Whereas a few weeks ago, you thought, wow, this year is going to be a long year. All of a sudden, you, you come close to knocking off the defending champs. You lose the game. Uh, there's a little bit of belief in that room. Yeah, and no doubt so about it. Yeah, they're looking forward to it. Remember, they lost to the Bucks earlier this year, so all that uh, revenge stuff. And But uh, uh, I don't know. This is a hard game uh, to, to to predict for sure for me.
4: All right, last question. Would you rather be in NHL Hub City or have the Toronto Raptors playing at Emily?
12: Oh, give me NHL Hub all day long. <laughs> give me NHL. <laughs> yeah,
4: I'm with you, brother. Okay. Like everybody's excited. Yeah. Oh, the NBA's coming here. I don't give a rat's ass about the well, NBA. To be quite I mean, honest with you, uh, and unless, I don't care about the Raptors
12: uh, unless it's uh, Magic passing to Worthy back to Kareem and the uh, <laughs> Thank Pat Riley's cooked, Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I'll take NHL Hub. But uh, I'll tell you, um, you know, all kind of all encompassing. Just my opinion on that. I I think these leagues are first of all, the, the start dates of all the next season, the, the corresponding seasons, it's really snuck up on everybody because it's already, what are we, middle of November here. And yeah. uh, they, they've got to come up with something, something that can, they can't predict, uh, the hard part is they can't predict what the laws are going to be, restrictions exactly. are going to be, they, they can only anticipate. And I, I really feel bad for, for, you know, you can't conduct business in Ontario uh, yeah. On a normal basis, right now, maybe in February, I, who knows? But well, however they start it, that's how they're going to finish it. And so you're going to, can you imagine the Tampa Bay Raptors in the NBA playoffs <laughs> at Emily Arena? No. <laughs> I mean, all of a I sudden, mean, you're trying to schedule Lightning games around it.
4: You know? Yeah, I mean, especially if it means us, you know, the Lightning have to play in another hub city. Screw that. I want my Lightning team here. But um, I mean, I would like honestly, I would like the the Lightning to play at home and not have hub cities for the NHL because that's not a definite, and and have the Raptors here, you know, to to play a few games. I wouldn't mind that, but I'm I'm not losing any of my uh, my Lightning games. Hell, hell no. Let
12: me tell you what. uh, Let me tell you what. uh, You know, the the the, uh, on a smaller scale, obviously the uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies league, the U.S. Championship. I like the way they did. I love the way they did it. They took the entire league. Split it up into uh, four and five team groups, and you played the same teams a lot, which is you know it gets kind of old, I guess. But uh, they kept it strictly regional, and yeah. they played they played in their home stadiums, and the rowdies went to what Miami, Atlanta, uh, Birmingham, and, and another place, Charleston. So you could you could have the Lightning uh, kind of in a division if you realigned. You could play the Panthers. Uh, go up to maybe uh, Nashville uh, Carolina hurricanes you could can, can make it regional and make the travel sure. safer uh, for these guys to at least at least have home games and then yeah. especially in the lightnings case at some point you're gonna, you're going to be able to introduce fans into this at, at, a, at a bigger scale hopefully absolutely and, yeah and, and so now before you know it you're back to normal.
4: Yeah, uh, but we got to so, start getting fans inside the arena. You know, start small and, you know, incrementally move it up as it becomes safer and safer. And, hey, get a vaccine. Everybody's good. Put a mask well, on, society, get a vaccine. Society, let's pack them yeah, in like yeah, sardines. Listen,
12: life, I happen to think that life and everything is going to start to turn around here in a little bit. I I, 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 too. I, I understand we're, we're in a weird time, but uh, I think when we get into 2021 and a couple of months in, things are going to turn. Uh, and by the time the, the hockey playoffs are scheduled to start, I, I think we're going to be darn near normal. And God, he let's, said, okay, let's hope so, we're brother. not having fans. We're not having fans. Well, that makes no sense at all. It, it, the Stanley Cup was, and the NBA Finals were absolutely robbed uh, huh. not
4: having fans to see these things. and, and You know what? It'll give the Bolts uh, a little bit of... Um you know, it'll give them some opportunity to to win a win a championship with fans in the stands, and that, that will motivate them to do it both ways, you know, because I, I think they were cheated. You know, having, I was there the night you were there. You were, too, at yeah. Emily Arena when they got to skate with the cup with, you know, about 500 people doing golf claps. And it's, you know, it's like, this is not how they envisioned it. <laughs> this
12: is no, not how know, they envisioned it. I know, it. I thought they were so right. And, you know, of course, the Rays uh, getting to the World Series, which did have fans over there in Texas. That, and, and, by the way, 11,000 sounded like 40,000. Uh, yeah. Just It was just so normal. It felt good. Uh, just to have all the teams the way they're playing, and we've talked about it over and over. It's just, it, it's just it, you feel awful for anyone here, who likes any one of these teams or all of them and they, they have just been robbed of a chance to see something that's not guaranteed. You know, you're not guaranteed to play in a World Series every year or a Stanley Cup final and you just you couldn't go watch your team. It just sucks. You know.
4: All right, Dano, I'll let you go do your uh, your your 6 and 11 there there at uh, News Channel 8. So, appreciate your time, my friend. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. And and nice uh, nice move going to World Series in Vegas. And then sending uh, Loftus to Charlotte. That's good. Small. That's smart. Exactly. I used, I used, exactly. I used to do that to you all the time.
12: It's beautiful. Uh, I know. I know. I did. Hey, Lucas, they play, they, the Bucks are at Jacksonville this year.
4: You got it. Oh, thank you. You JP. got Jackson. Thank you. Thank you. May I have another? I told you you'd have your turn. Uh, exactly. Our... <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, thanks, give me buddy. a favor,
13: will you? Hold up, hold up the beer wall, whatever it takes. I got Sit you. Wall I got you.
4: Yes. It's going nowhere. It's uh, up down my throat. All right. Thanks, partner. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, the great dan lucas news channel eight at wfla dan on twitter give him a follow good follow uh do we have pat on partner yes sir we do all right let's go right to pat burnham and the osceola sorry we ran a little over there my friend how are you good man how about you well let's talk some fsu what the hell happened this week everybody left what what they left the door open and uh what next thing you know everybody's gone what what happened
13: well, you had, obviously, you had James Blackman decide that he was going to uh, transfer, sit out the rest of this year, uh, find a new college home, and, uh, you know, I think it was the best thing for James. I think it was the best thing for the program, obviously. Uh, you know, he was not going to be the first-team quarterback the remainder of the year, and he got in the game against Pitt. Uh, was Boo going into the game, Was Vood through, after he threw the interception, uh, the next series, Chubba Purdy was put in, and you know, uh, the future of the program at quarterbacks, either Jordan, Travis, Chubba, Purdy or Tate Rodemaker So I think it's the best thing for, uh, the program as far as, J- and for James and listen, uh, credit to James. He's been a trooper for the last four years, Absolutely. uh, played for three different quarterbacks, four different offensive coordinators, and was a guy that was buying in. So, uh, but you, so you wish him the best of luck, uh, not surprised by Tamari and Terry leaving. Um, uh, you know, that's kind of been a weird dynamic all year. Uh, you know, had the surgery right before the North Carolina game. Came comes back two weeks later, um, you know, uh, three weeks later, and decides he's going to hang it up. And you know, based on how Mike announced Mike Norvell announced it on Wednesday, it kind of seemed like it was uh, pretty much uh, mutual that they both wanted it to. <laughs> they had, he, he didn't he didn't have a lot to say about it. And then, of course, you know, you had Marvin Wilson decided he was going to uh, sit out, or he's out the rest of the year with injury and. You know, he did accept an invitation to the Senior Bowl today. So whatever the injury is, is not significant enough that he cannot perform in January at the Senior Bowl. But, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I do think that, uh, you know, you need to get these young guys in. Marvin had not produced at the rate that he produced last year. Did not look like the same player. And, again, I, a situation I think works out best for both parties. You can get Dennis Briggs in the game and Fabian Love in the game and let those guys develop and grow. And Marvin can take some time, get re- get ready for the combine and get ready for the Senior Bowl and try to improve his stock uh, for the NFL draft, which obviously is probably not what it was when he came when the season started.
4: And you know, I think people from uh, from a distance are going to say, "Oh, things are still unraveling at Florida State," but. Um, I think this was almost inevitable, and I, I know that, that they've had, what, 17 players leave the program yeah, since Norvell yeah. got there?
13: Yeah, now a lot of that, you are going to have that normal attrition, JP, when there's yeah. a coaching change anyway, and the, the vast majority of these happened before the season started, right? So, you know, as as we were talking about on our Osceola podcast yesterday, uh, you know, you could, you, you look at Tamari and Terry, you look at Marvin Wilson opting and out, and what you think is buy-in, there's a lack of buy-in, but then... You look at a guy like Emmett Rice, a senior linebacker, who Emmett has consistently gotten better every single game uh, that he's played under Mike Norvell. So there is a buy-in, and uh, you know, Baby on Johnson is limited at left guard, uh, but you know, he is—he's been a significant contributor. He's a senior, so there is some buy-in. It's not—you know—it's not like the uh, the wheels are coming off the bus. Some of this is natural, right. and some some of this is for the best.
4: Yeah, I, I think it is for the best for all these guys because. You know, they're not going to be here when Norvell's ready to challenge. And I I think it's time to play the young guys and develop that culture. Um, I know there's not a lot of season left, but there's a significant portion where you can get some reads on some players as well. Right. And and who are those players that you think that will step up now? You mentioned a couple of them in Marvin Wilson's case, Uh, but at receiver and other places, what do you want to see the rest of the uh, the rest of the year? that yeah you know, because everything now is about next season and developing this culture. So yeah. what would you like to see in the next few games?
13: Well, what I'd like to see really is, you know, uh, going into the NC State game, uh, you know, you need to be able to run the ball against them. It's what they give up the most. They're, they're not very good against the run. It's what you do well. You need to can see that offensive line continue and those running backs continue to progress in that system. Uh, you, you know, listen, they're not going to face the defensive line as good as Pitts the rest of the year. Even Clemson is not as good up front on defense as Pitt is. They face the best. They, Pitt's done it to everybody. So there's no shame in getting beat by a team that's better than you at what they do. And Pitt's better at stopping the run than FSU was running the ball. But FSU still does that well. Uh, you know, you don't know if you're going to have Jordan Travis this week. So what you want to see is if it's sub or Tate. you you want them to take the next step. You want to see progression. By the quarterback, so uh, you'll see there, and then the secondary's got to get better. It's got to get healthy, uh, but you know you've got to get better uh, in the secondary. You know you you gave up seventy. Uh, Pickett completed seventy seven percent of his passes, and then obviously JP. What you really want to see this defense do is not succumb to the big play so much. Right. NC State, one of the best teams, and it just sounds crazy uh, given the fact that NC State only completed fifty two percent of their passes this year, but. In pass plays over ten yards, they're nineteenth in the nation. Eighth in pass plays over twenty. Ninth in pass plays over thirty. FSU is one hundred one, one thirteen, and one eleven against those same oh, situations. Yikes. So you got to see improvement there, right? The big plays have to go away because it's going to get you killed if they don't. And so uh, you know, and I want you want to see. And listen, I think that you know those thing that you and I have talked about, uh, even going back to last year. You want to see even when you're getting beat, you want to see that con- consistent effort, that sustained yes. effort. And, uh, you know, I think that this is a very young team. And, I, and I'm not boom. sure this might not be a galvanizing, uh, situation where, you know, those were older guys that opted out. And then, of course, you hate to see Devontae Love Taylor get hurt and, you know, yeah. he'll have a chance to come back next year because he really had done outperform what we thought he was going to do on the offensive line this year. But certainly this could be a galvanizing, uh, a week for this team, regardless of what happens on Saturday night, but they do have their uh, work cut out for them on Saturday night for sure with the NC State team that, you know, looks be- looks much better offensively than they did a year ago. But, listen, they're not great on defense, and Florida State should have an opportunity to mm-hmm. run the ball. Uh, but, obviously, the running game changes are the way you have to run changes if you don't have Jordan Travis in the game.
4: Yeah, that's a big difference. Uh, you mentioned the big plays. Um Will uh, Dean will he play this week? I know he's been on the cusp and been practicing. That would help uh, against the big plays, I would think.
13: Yeah, listen, he's a human eraser, right? I mean, he takes care <laughs> of all yeah. the garbage and uh, cleans everything and makes everybody up for everybody else's mistakes. My personal opinion is I don't think we'll see him. Uh, you know, I think you're hoping to get Renardo Green and Travis Jay back. Now, to your point, Mike said in his Wednesday press conference that this was – by far been the heaviest week Hamza has had uh, since he started his rehab from the injury against Florida. But, uh, you know, I just don't think that this is where you bring him back, uh, and I'd be shocked to see him.
4: Uh, An interesting side note, though, um, Bailey Hockman, the quarterback for NC State, will be, what, the third quarterback we faced this year in in seven games that was either a commit or on the roster uh, for FSU. And uh, we haven't done – well, we beat Sam Howell. Uh, Jeff Sims got us, and now this is number three, right?
13: Yeah, and uh, Bailey's having a good year. You know, he uh, He's completing 61% of his passes. He looks like a different kid than the kid that they played last year at Doak Camel Stadium. Uh, Tim Beck, their offensive coordinator, has done a great job with the quarterbacks in the passing game. They're much more efficient. They've increased their uh, completion percentage by almost 10 points over a year ago. And, you know, Bailey is a little turnover-prone. That's one of the reasons he lost the starting job after the – the first two games, and they went with Devin Leary, who was hurt three games later, and it went back to Bailey. So, uh, But, yeah, certainly. Uh, and, you know, these North Carolina teams, JP, they get jacked up to play the teams from Florida. Uh, Always still, yeah. yeah and, but, listen, they had a – this is college football. They had a very tough game, very emotional game against Miami uh, last week. as You've heard Coach Bowden say time and time again, it's hard to get up 12 straight weeks in a row. So,
4: yep.
13: it's college football. You never know. But uh, right now, the way things are going uh, – Around the country, let's just be thankful we got a game to talk about.
4: And how how much does the the fact that these guys left that, does that galvanize this team at all? Does it bring it a little bit closer together?
13: Well, listen, these are all older guys, right, that have opted out. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and none of these guys has played in every single game. None of those three guys that are uh, are not the seniors or juniors, whatever you want to call them. Uh, right. Yes, I, listen, young kids, they don't, you know. They don't dwell on things as much as us uh, adults. Yeah. You know, it's they, they, yeah. they water off a duck's back. You know, you don't see a whole lot of guys that, you know, they get they get upset for one day when they lose a coach, right? Then the next coach comes in and they start. You know, I think they're the same way with players. And plus, if you're Dennis Briggs and Fabian Love, it opens up more playing time for you. Right. If you're Chuba Purdy or Tate Rodemaker and Jordan Travis. Uh, gets hurt or can't play. You're in the game instead of James Blackman. And the same. Listen, these receivers, uh, you know,
0: yeah.
13: Uh, tomorrow wasn't consistent enough, and either were the rest of them. So you know, there was going to be opportunities there anyway because of the yeah. number of receivers that might use it in his office. But certainly, you can see them circling the wagons and say, "Hey, this is all on us now. You know, this is a underclassmen's program. Most of the people that are producing are underclassmen. When you look at a." And Amari Gaynor and uh, your two running backs, Deshaun Corbin and um, LaDamian Webb. They're young guys. They're both sophomores. So this is this is a really. I think I told you a couple weeks ago. I went through the two deep uh, flip card, and I believe 44 of the 58 something guys they had listed on that flip card were all redshirt sophomores or younger. So yeah, certainly you know this team is. This team is the young kids
4: team now for sure. The class. Yeah, good. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. All right, Pat. Good stuff, my friend. We'll chat with you next week. Have a great weekend. All right, JP. You too, man. All right, Pat. Burn up from the Osceola. Go to theosceola dot uh, Sign up. Get a uh, if you're an FSU fan. Get great information, inside scoop, and their podcast as well. Good stuff. All right, quick break. When we come back, Lee Sterling will join us for ParamountSports.com. We'll get you some winners on this weekend. We're live from Oak and Stone in Sarasota, Clark Road location. Come on down and join us for happy hour.
1: Okay, hit it. The Big 8. 820-WWBA.
0: Ladies
4: and
1: gentlemen,
0: let's rock. This is
4: Fan Stream Sports with J.P. All right, welcome back to the Oak and Stone here in beautiful Sarasota. We're at the Clark Road location. Let's get right into it. Welcome in our good friend Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. What's up, Lee? How are you, partner?
7: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just bobbing and weaving. Oh, it was like 16, 17 canceled games already this week. So I
4: know, right? Uh, what's that going to do to the college football
7: playoff? Not good. I mean, Wisconsin's got to finish. They want to have any shot. they got to play every single losing? game. To have any chance, so um, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. I mean, I'm hearing the Cal, technical. which had their game canceled, wants to maybe play. Uh, uh, who was playing Utah? UCLA. They might Cal might play UCLA uh, with one day's notice. That's what they're trying to work out.
4: Oh my God! That's uh, well, that's that? the COVID world we live in. All right, let's get yep. right into the games here. Yep. Uh, Virginia Tech and in Miami, um, interesting week uh, in the ACC. Let's uh, let's mm-hmm. look at this game. The the Hurricanes are what two point uh, underdogs in this one?
7: Yeah, I, I thought that they were going to be a two and a half, three point favorites. So the line surprises me. You know, maybe they're, they're counting on Virginia Tech to come back. They're usually just up and down. You can never figure them out from one week to the next. But they could be without their star running back to little Herbert. He's got a hamstring issue. Uh, can't count on a running back with a hamstring issue. Uh, Hendon Hooker should have a pretty big game, though. Hendon Hooker, they run that spread option, and the Miami linebackers are not good. They just watch them. Well, if you watch some tapes of them, they they are not impressive at all. That's, I think, their weakness. Right now, but, uh, you know, De'er King, just quarterback from Miami, he just masked so many weaknesses. I mean, last week, 400 yards passing, another 100 yards running. They're looking for revenge for last year's 42-35 loss where they turned the ball over five times. I like Miami in a shootout here, 48-42.
4: Yeah, I like I like Miami in this spot. All right, uh, this is a very interesting game. Felipe Franks coming back to the swamp. Uh, Florida and Arkansas. Arkansas will be without their coach. It's a 17 point spread in this one. Um, uh, that's an interesting game. A week after Georgia, yeah. uh, the Georgia game where Florida. I mean, that's a huge emotional win for them. I, it could be a little letdown right here. What do you think?
7: Yeah, this could be a trap spot here for Florida. Yeah. I mean. Three straight years they lost to Georgia, so they're pretty much in the SEC championship game. Arkansas's getting better by the week, though. I mean, this is not a good team last year, a horrible team. They only lost by 11 two weeks ago to Florida, Texas A&M, which might be the second-best team in the yeah. SEC. Then last week, they're down 13 up to Tennessee, and they don't bat an eye. They didn't even blink, and they come back and score 24 and answer it and win 24-13. Uh, I think they're going to muck up the game. I think they don't want to run 75, 80 plays, more plays. Usually the better talent wins out, so they're going to slow the game down, try yeah. to get off just 58 to 60 plays. Uh, also looks like Kyle Pitts probably not going to play. He's in concussion protocol. and he, When they had him, they looked great. But without him, they were not the same team offensively in that game last week. And, uh, you know, if they got to throw the ball, which Florida does, they're not a running team. They're ranked 95th out of 123 running teams. Arkansas's DBs lead the nation with 12 interceptions. So uh, mm-hmm. I think that Arkansas is learning how to win, and Felipe Franks, I don't think he's going to hand forward the game. I think uh, he knows Florida's defense all too well. I think Florida wins 38-30, but Arkansas covers.
4: I, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And Felipe's fourth in the nation in, in passing 20-plus yards against yep. that gator defense so they hit a couple of big plays you can make that spread all right uh florida state is a seven-point underdog finally a line with yep. florida state that looks correct um but maybe not enough for nc state there are seven-point favorites in this one uh how do you see it
7: could be a blowout i mean florida state looks like they have to start a true freshman quarterback now um this is where the season gets tough for a team that's really going nowhere uh You know, I I think he's got the right mindset. The coach does. You got to get rid of the bad apples, but they're just losing too much talent here. I mean, and also coaching. I didn't think they did a good job in the game last week. They were right in that game, right before the half, gave away away a couple touchdowns there. And uh, Bailey Hockman actually looked pretty good. I mean, it's his revenge game here. Another quarterback for the revenge game got (laughs) something uh, to prove against Florida State because he started off there. Uh, I I think NC State's the right side though, thirty to twenty. I
4: agree. Uh, hey, we beat Sam Howell in number five, North Carolina, which is the shocker yeah. of
7: the year now, no doubt. All right, <laughs> oh, let's go to the, uh, the, the, the NFL. You're going to say, how did that happen?
4: I, I, no, I was, because I was there uh, drinking. Oh, okay. and, there you go. And I'm the lucky charm. That's how that works. Okay. I'm going up okay. for the Clemson game, so It'll be an earth shaking uh-huh. upset. <laughs> no, it won't. Uh, Miami, the Dolphins are two point favorites against the Chargers, who can beat anybody for yep. about three and a half quarters, but they can't win a freaking game, man. Uh, no,
7: not three and half a half quarters up until the last play. He, he, yeah. I think Lynn's got to get let go. Anthony Lynn, horrible head coach. Let me give you two instances. Just look at the last two weeks. So they're playing Denver, and Denver uh, has the ball to the 23 yard line, eight seconds to go. What does he do? He only lines up like three guys in the end zone. And the side where Noah Fant is, uh, he's by himself, little flexed out, but to the right side. What if he has two linebackers eight to ten yards off the ball? And uh, he's, he has a DB sitting in, uh, on the goal line. Turns out those linebackers didn't stay with him. Goes into the end zone. The, 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 the defensive back has to interfere with him uh, or else he catches the touchdown. So they get the yeah. ball at the one. Next play, touchdown. Last play of the game, that was completely on the head coach Anthony Lynn. He called timeout. Then last week, they got two plays. What do they do? They're on offense now. They run a fade route twice. The window to 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 to, to complete a fade is so small. It's one of the worst plays, I think. Unless you got you know an all-pro six right. four six five receiver, and you're going against a guy that's five nine five ten. Right. What does he do after the first time it fails? He runs the same exact play. I, I mean, dumb as rocks. So uh, I'm just putting it out there. He's got to go. They're going to probably win this game by the same way they lose. I mean, they're 2-6, and six, so the best 2-6 and six team I've seen in a long time the Battle of two quarterbacks. Uh, people are going to say, well, which team chose the right one? I think they're both good. So it's going to work out well for both teams. Just the Chargers need another coach. problem yeah, here yeah. for the Dolphins is, they lost their heart and soul. The defense, Wilkins, uh, defensive tackle, and they've already lost Gaucha, the other defensive tackle. He's out with COVID, so they're down to the third, fourth, and fifth defensive tackles. And then uh, at middle linebacker, Kyle Van Noy, who's played three games, every single down of three games, he's out. I think it's too much. Also, Williams, their second best receiver, who's developing a real nice rapport with Tua. I think it's yeah. too much. Same, the Chargers are going to win by a blocked field goal. You know, the Dolphins have made every <laughs> field goal this year. It's going to be something strange. The Chargers win by a blocked field goal, 31-30.
4: Yeah, when you lose two guys in the middle of your defense that are that good, it, it's tough to recover three, the next three week. Three with Van yeah. Noy. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Look, look what his loss in the Dallas defense has done. Um, all right, the Bucks in Carolina. The Bucks are favored by four in this one. Um after last week I I, I probably wouldn't touch this game, but if I had to bet it I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on on a Tampa Bay bounce back. But Carolina's good and they're coming they're coming quick. They're getting better every week. What do you think?
7: So I told you last week loved New Orleans. And New Orleans is getting better. They I think New Orleans is the best team right now in the NFC. They got it all they're healthy first time. Agreed. Yeah, and I, I think they're gonna be a tough out. So don't worry about Seattle. You got to worry about New Orleans again. So you got to keep winning games. You want to try to get home field advantage. Charlotte, uh, Carolina's played great. I mean, but Tom Brady, how many times is he going to throw three interceptions? Probably never again. I mean, you can count on one hand that's happened. And thirty-one uh, nothing lead. The thing is, everyone always bets when a, star, a key player like A.B. comes on, they bet them the first game. It's the second game. Carolina's had everything go their way. I think they're going to have some bad breaks. I think Tampa maybe needs to play a little up-tempo. They need to do something like that. If they do, I think they're going to be sitting in good shape here. I, I like Tampa. they got to win this game because on deck here gotcha. are the Rams, Chiefs, and Vikings here. This is a must game now. Give me Tampa Bay 35-17.
4: Got to be their best of the year. All right, uh, UCF and Temple, uh, that's the game of the week. They got a call to get yep. this one, right? What's going on? Yep,
7: just call 800-400-9741. Again, the number, 1-800-400-9741. Biggest game on, on the card. I mean, I love this game. I love UCF and Temple. They want to get the game. Uh, it's on me, 800-400-9741. And, well, we have a promotion that's called Crazy Eights. Eight games, 88. 80- dollars, And what's even better about that, it's four college and four pro games. I'm so sure I'm going to have a winning record. Four and four is not good enough. If I don't go five and three, six and two, seven and one, or eight and zero, you get next week for free. So eight games, $88. It's available right now exclusively at ParamountSports.com.
4: That's a no-brainer. All right, Lee, I know yep. you got another call. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time. We'll chat okay. next week.
7: You have a good one. Have a great weekend. Thanks.
4: And um, if you call the line and you get the num the, the bet, the bets uh, from last week, last few weeks, uh, with the exception of one week, I think in the last eight, um, I've been I've been a winner and I've taken his taken his bets every single time. So call that number. Got a really good chance of uh, being on top of it. All right. We'll take a quick break. Three minute or it might be a little bit longer than that, maybe five or six minutes. We'll be back. We'll hear from Tom Brady. As he gets ready to uh, bounce back from one of the worst performances of his career. We're live at Oakenstone in Sarasota. Come on down to join us. Happy hours just starting here. Get on down here on Clark Road. See you in a bit.
0: The Big 8. 820 WWBA. The Big 8. What? Pure. Pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan stream sports.
4: So how does Tom Brady bounce back from one of the worst games of his career? We
5: will find out at 1 o'clock on Sunday in Charlotte. Not just one of the worst game of Brady's career. The worst game of Brady's career. He was career. so bad. He was so bad. When he gets pressured, he's just he's not good. Well, he's I
4: would, not good. I and, 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 no, and no adjustments offensively. It's just like, okay, we're going to keep seven-step dropping, even though Joe Haig and uh, – uh, Donovan Smith can't handle the uh, the twists and the stunts and everything else that's coming at him. Let's just keep doing it, okay? <laughs> yeah.
5: And and the and the pity the pity goal at the end. Like, give oh, me a break. Well, give it was fourth and twenty, so
4: I, I get that. So I'm 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 not going to be too upset about that. They just they just have to have a better plan, um, or when things aren't working, make some adjustments. I just didn't see any adjustments last week at all. I didn't even see a plan, JP. Yeah, like, there was a plan. Everybody has a good plan coming in until you get punched in the face, right? Yeah, but wh- <laughs> until your left guard can't
5: block anybody. What was the freaking plan? Like, I Defensively, don't
4: get it. I think the plan was even worse, and and yes. you know that that made no sense whatsoever. So. Um, it's New Orleans, and they were jacked up. And you know, like uh, the great Mike Neighbors told us, who covers the the Saints, they were pissed. They were pissed that everybody would, you know, had already anointed the Bucks as the uh, as the division champs and the best in the NFC, and every it pissed them off. And and Sean Payton had them ready to go. And that's a lesson learned right there.
5: Yeah, also remember when we ran the Shaq Barrett interview earlier in the week, uh, going into this New Orleans Saints game, he almost guaranteed a win, I think. Remember when you said that on there? He did. He did. Man, yeah, well that did not freaking happen, to yeah. say the least.
4: No doubt about
5: it. Um, we're
4: at we're down here at Oak and Stone. Happy hour is going on. We just got the meatball and sausage pizza. Oh and
5: their mozzarella balls cut in half on each slice. Oh my God, who thinks of this stuff? I don't know, Genius, man. pure genius. Shane Stafford at 420. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
4: Uh, and, and for happy hour, Monday through Friday, $2 off all pizzas, 25% off the beer wall. Um, you get $2 set American Lagers, $2 Pork Cracklin, $3 Founders All-Day IPA, $4 wines, and $5 Tito's cocktails for the happy hour each and every day. So pretty damn good. Um, Tom Brady probably could have used the happy hour after that game. Let's listen in on his interview for a couple of minutes here uh, from yesterday as he gets ready to really uh, the biggest game of the year right now. Got to win this one. Must win. Tom Brady.
3: Hey, Tom. i wanted to go back to Sunday night. Uh, I know there are a lot of aspects of the offense that didn't work well, but I want to ask you about third down. Um, you guys went one for nine on third down, and that's an area where you had moved the ball pretty well early in the year. I just want to ask you, In your experience, what the key is to having a successful offense on third down and maybe why things haven't worked of late?
8: Well, third down's a tough down uh, in football, period. I think the key is first and second down. So third downs are a lot better when uh, you do well in first and second down. Um, well, you, answer, uh, you guys, there's, there's kind of a
3: shelf where if it's most teams struggle more when they have more to go for a first down but you guys have this shelf where third and seven and more is a big struggle and, and obviously third and six and less has been very successful any idea why, why that's been the case for this team
8: I, I'd have to really go back and study it um, but yeah definitely things we got to do better we got to do a lot of things better um, we're six and three it's not we're not nine and oh so Anytime you're you've lost games, uh, you got to do things a lot better in a lot of different areas, and um, I think part of us is just coming into work every day and work hard, uh, improving individually, improving as a team, every getting to know one another, every and week. then trying to work hard at the things we got to work hard at to to yeah. improve. That's going to be important as we keep moving forward. Johnny, pause <laughs> it. Thank
5: you. Do you understand? Tony's taking over the you, show. Do He's do you, had three beers. Yeah, no, hold on. I'm sorry, JP, but do you? Like I'm not looking at Tom Brady, so I can't read his body language, but his tone just seems like he's just so like he's so over it. He's not gonna give oh. you anything like when you ask a question like that, and the question's perfectly
4: legit and a good question, he's just not going to dump on anybody. He's just he's going to say, We're gonna work harder, we gotta get better in practice, we gotta do this, we gotta and that's about when you ask him things especially after he loses, he's pissed off and he's not going to give you much.
5: And I want this so bad. If anybody knows and anybody has watched Tom Brady, there is multiple personalities of Tom Brady. There is oh. the regular Tom, there's GQ Tom, and then the my one of my favorite Psycho Tom. Pissed off Tom. Yes. That's Psycho Tom where I want just running up and just headbutting Gronk after a touchdown. And I promise you, after getting our asses kicked, we have to see Psycho Tom sometime in divisional rival. Psycho Rigel. Tom. I Psycho like that. Tom. I like that actually. All right, let's hear more Next from Psycho Tom. From
2: hey Tom, Sorry. um one of the one of the gifts, um, uh, one of the advantages. And your position is that, you know, there's hardly a, a situation that you haven't encountered because you've done this for such a long time. And you reminded me after week one, like I've lost games before. Um, so I'm just wondering, are there any in your career that stay with you longer, any losses? Uh, and if so, what, what are those games? Or um, are you one of those that tends to process these very quickly because you have such a quick turnaround each week?
8: No, I remember pretty much all the losses. I probably don't remember all the wins, but I definitely remember all the losses. Uh, You know, I think they all stick with you because you're competitive and you want to go out there and play your best every week and you realize it's a, you know, you're not a movie actor where you get, you know, six takes when it doesn't go right. You know, you go, oh, let me do that one over again. I messed that one up. You know, let's run that back. So, you know, you're a football player and you're making split-second decisions and you always wish, man, I made every split-second decision right, but... That's uh, just not the reality of uh, of the sport. So, you've got to try to improve it as best you can. And um, again, we're just we're trying to work as hard as we can every day to make improvements we need to make. Understanding that you know it's it's a process and it's going to last. There's probably not going to be a day where I've ever said, "Hey, man, we got this all figured out. This is you know this sport. We we nailed it. You know we figured out football completely." It's every week. It's just a reinvention of what you're trying to do, what the other team's trying to do, what you need to do, what you need to be better at, and um, you know, I think we all recognize we're not at a place where we can ever, you know, relax. We got to improve the urgency. We got to, you know, make the improvements faster. Um, learn from the mistakes and and do a better job.
4: Learn from the mistakes, do a better job. All right, we'll hear more of the Tom Brady interview in our five o'clock hour. Going to take a quick uh, three minute break. And we'll be back here to the Oak and Stone in Sarasota. Make some noise. Big eight. The Big 8.
1: 820-WWBA. So people tell me, what time is it?
0: Time to get back to the show. This
1: has only just begun.
0: More with JP on
4: fan stream Sports. All right, welcome back to the 5 o'clock hour, the final hour of our broadcast this week, and then it's a big weekend of college football. Uh, and here at the Oakenstone, by the way, you wear your gear, you get free beer. Your first beer is on them. You get five dollars off the beer wall. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, people came in with, or, earlier with Bucks jerseys on. We were loving it. Yeah, and it's like all the Oak and Stones are kind of an indoor/outdoor feel. Like this one has a big garage door opening by the by the um, by the bar there, and then a great outdoor area. Um, the one at Bradenton has a rooftop overlooking the uh, the river. It's gorgeous. Obviously, uh, downtown St. Pete one, the Oakenstone there has a beautiful outdoor area. And the whole front side is, and it's right there on Central and Second, so it's a great place to watch games. I mean, there's uh, literally TVs everywhere, big screens everywhere, and then you have the beer. One. Well,
5: maybe we'll be at the Bradenton one next time. I mean, we went to the St. Uh, Pete I, one, and we ang- went to the. I'm one. angling for that. We got to we'll get see. over there. We'll see.
4: Yeah, gotta take a uh, tour. All right, we're wide open, no guests in the five o'clock hour, just for you guys. So you want to jump aboard? Seven two seven five one eight zero eight twenty is the number or whatever you want to talk about. You we want to talk some it. Bucks, Panthers, you want to talk uh, some uh, some Florida Gators losing to Arkansas this weekend and a shocking ha, development. Ha, you, ha, you, ha, you want to know what?
5: I want to talk about JP. I want to talk about the best Sunday sports show oh, in okay. history. The uh right, tender- here, let me grab my beer. My fourth <laughs> different beer I've tried today. This that, one's got a little any bit time of Anytime i talk, you should out. be drinking, brother. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the TB4 sports show if you want you guys want to listen into it, all of JP's crowd, the disciples. Known as the TB Four Sports Show. I like that. You like that? Ooh, that I, I nice called twist. you. I called. Yeah, there. I'm learning a couple things. Uh, 10 to 12 on Sunday. Tune in, man. 8:20 a.m. 98.3 FM, 96.7 in Hillsboro. It's gonna be a banger. It's gonna be a. If you don't know, if you don't know the TB Four Sports Show yet, you will, because we keep it hot and heavy for you guys, and keep it real too. You so call it there, JP. Yes. All right.
4: Beautiful. Um, all right. We're talking, uh, I want to give you an update on the masters and we're going to get back to Tom Brady or hear the rest of the interviews and what happened to his jet skis. Um, which is the most (laughs) important thing. Uh, Tiger is still at four under par, but instead of being tied for fourth, he's now tied for 20th because everybody's lapping him. Um, two bogeys, two birdies on the outward nine for Tiger as he makes the turn to go to 10, uh, birdie number two, the par five, um, and birdie number eight the par five but bogey three the uh, short par four there and then also bogey number seven uh the other par four so a, a mixed bag but on a day that everybody's scoring and going low you can't stay still and that's where tigers at right now abraham answer the australian is at nine under has the lead along with cameron smith uh the australian i'm sorry answers from uh, south africa i believe. And then Justin Thomas, who birdied uh, four holes in a row on the back side, he started on the back side, is at nine under par. D.J. Dustin Johnson also at nine under par. So you got four guys tied at nine under. Then it's Patrick Cantlay and Sunjay M, who by the way, um, I've seen practice out at the uh, TBC of uh, of Tampa Bay. So I guess he's hanging out locally. Sunjay M. He's at eight under par Uh, Danny Willett former Masters champion at seven under Tommy Fleetwood still looking for his first major can get red hot he is at seven under through and he's done Justin Rose at seven under and John Rahm at seven under and Tiger at four under probably needs to get a couple birdies on that back side and those two par fives are there for the taking so I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there I bet Tiger finishes at seven under shoots 33 on the back. Yeah. It is two back going into the weekend. Hello.
5: Hey, well, two bo- two bogeys after no bogeys yesterday. You don't like to see it, but the greens what well, the greens are faster yeah, today. They get, right? they're drying
4: out there, so. but still a little soft today, but uh, not maybe as soft as yesterday. And I'm telling you folks, this weekend uh no rain expected. They're going to dry them suckers out and it's going to be um it's gonna uh, be a
5: nice Sunday. Or yeah. I guess Monday, right? Oh no, got to late weekend. on Thursday. It's going will so. be a
4: great weekend. All right, uh, Chris in Clearwater is up next before we get to Tom Brady. Everybody wants to hear from Chris instead of Tom. What's up, Chris? <laughs> well,
10: I don't know. TV is ahead of me, I guess. But I'm a legend in my own mind. What can I say? Of course. But you you, you have So You have the best. Okay. I, uh, I, I know you were against the Browns, and I, and I was a non-Bucks fan. I can stand back and look from from a distance. I know that he was coerced by Mr. Brady to bring, his, to bring him on to this team. Now, Belichick soured on him after one game, Correct. He couldn't take any way more after right, one game,
4: correct? Well, I mean, he had he had a major issue, a major um, issue that was going to be problematic for them. He went on, you know, threatened some women online. So.
10: Does he still have pending legal issues out or not? What's that? Does he still have pending legal issues with the lady right
4: yes. now still? Yes, he's got multiple pending legal issues, yes.
10: Okay, well, hopefully that this will not bring discord to your team and not break this team apart. Because I, I I I am like you know because my team sucks this year, so I am, I am rooting for the Bucks from afar. Uh, I do like I, I love Bruce Aaron's I mean I I go back to him. He's a he's a Philly guy. He coached Temple. He put Temple on the mat. You know he's a great guy. He's a very principled man. I know you I know you have your coach and waiting as your defensive coordinator. He's probably going to be the next head coach, correct? I will presume, correct?
4: Not not if he keeps coaching like he did last week.
10: <laughs> One game doesn't make a season. So awful. I know. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, I know. Okay, I know. Uh, so let me uh, can I get uh, a couple of Masters questions or can we do that? Too? Sure, yeah, I quickly. Okay, what did Old Man Larry Myers do in the second round? Did he?
4: What did he do? I do not know, and I can't pull it up right now. But he shot six, 70 in the first round. Oh, and God it was bless amazing!
10: Him. It made me feel great. You know? Yeah,
4: right. yeah. It's Old Man Week at the Masters. It's great. What,
10: is, what about Kapko? What's he done today? Have you know anything about him? Uh,
4: he is not in the top ten. Um, right now he, wow. uh, earlier I was watching him earlier and he was playing pretty well he he uh, eagled 15 hit it to about five feet on 15 but he's just been kind of up and down yeah he, uh, he's hit five under so he's not out of it he's only four shots back heading into the weekend but he's gonna have to get more consistent all right the he's Jordan just speech, he's uh, been he's been up he, and down did, did he hasn't played a whole lot said, you know he's been injured let me see I'm looking at his card now uh go knowles by the way on the front side uh one two three birdies two bogeys on the back side. Uh, three birdies. So you know, 69. That's a good. That, that's a great score for him. So what about, what about Jordan? Three bogeys, Spieth, but, what, nice. Five Jordan, birdies, 69. What did yeah. Jordan Spieth do today? Have you seen? Uh, who did, Who's that? Jordan Speed. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna let you go. By the way, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I'm but sorry. I okay. did not did not see um, did not see Jordan in the top 20. So, and that's you know for 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 Jordan Spieth, it has just been a wild ride. You know, when he when he was good. Jordan was, you know, he's sinking a lot of 20 foot putts, 20 and 30 foot putts is when he went on his run. And it seems when he's not sinking 20 and 30 foot putts, he's just not very competitive.
5: I'll tell you what, the closest thing to like a Tiger fan base was Jordan Spieth's run that PGA has ever seen, because I think Rory was nothing compared to what Jordan Spieth was. Just went. in terms of fans? In terms of like what was happening, the, the I don't, golf I don't lo- really remember sports that fans way. were taking a hold of, I did. I know I got more in tune with it. Maybe it was like for a of, younger crowd then. Yeah,
4: maybe. Not calling yeah. you
5: old or anything, but, sage. But. but I am. Um,
4: <laughs> that's why I'm sage. Sage. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a great run. It was lightning <laughs> in a bottle. But I don't. I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to repeat it. I just, his game is just not that solid. He doesn't do a lot of things really, really well. So, all right, let's get back to uh, the goat, shall we? And uh, Tom Brady from yesterday's availability as he uh, looks ahead to the Panthers.
8: Next question will come from Rick Stroud.
6: Kind of a quick two-parter. One, um, how'd you get through the hurricane? Did you ride it out on the island? And then, and then secondly, um, just your impression about the NFC South. I know you haven't played Atlanta yet, but you've gone through it a couple times
3: here with some teams.
8: Definitely, uh, there's a lot of offense in the NFC South. So, you know, you got to be on – this is – you know, there's good conditions for scoring. Um you know, a little different than where I've been, where a lot of times the games dictated a certain style of play based on the weather condition, wind, rain, uh, snow. You know, this is pretty much, uh, you know, conditions are ideal for scoring pretty much every week. We've had a few tough weather games, you know, actually we've had more, probably more wind than what we're used to and then a little bit of precipitation. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough division. There's a lot of good players, good quarterbacks, Um you know, you gotta be on it every week. And um, yeah, the hurricane, that was a trip last night for me, the storm and we, I had a dock, it, it broke, floated away. I had these jet skis on it. I saw those things sitting out in the middle of the bay and I was going, wow, that's pretty surreal. And I just was kind of laughing like, well, you know, you get the jet skis back. A lot of people are dealing with a lot worse than that. So, um, but just waking up and seeing kind of what happened to the yard, it got pretty messed up. And uh, be really nervous if a big one hit, so um It happened pretty quick. I thought you had time to prepare for these things, but apparently you don't. They're just kind of on you, and then you just got to deal with it. So we pushed the schedule back today. Fortunately, everyone made it in safe and sound, and a good lesson learned from someone who's been (laughs) in the Northeast for a long time. Yeah, you know it, Tommy. Next question will come from Scott Reynolds. Hey, Tom, I'm glad you stayed safe. Um, Mike Evans is one of the best 50-50 ball receivers in the league due to his height and his range. You saw that in camp, throwing the jump balls to him in practice.
5: Yeah, we haven't seen you give Mike many of those opportunities in games. Is that because you haven't had a receiver like Mike, maybe outside of Randy Moss in New England, so you're not used to it? Or are you still building the trust and rapport with Mike in those type of jump ball situations?
8: Mike does pretty much everything better than – uh, you know, nothing's 50-50 with Mike. Mike's better at just about everything than anybody. So he's a spectacular player. And I think, you know, from my perspective, it's just me giving him opportunities to touch the ball and catch it and figuring out different ways based on different styles of defense that we're getting that enable him to touch it because he's an incredible player when he gets it. And um, he's an incredible player before he gets it. So I'm working hard at it. And, um, again, I wish... You know, I'd be making every throw the, the exactly the way I want. And the only thing I could say is just we're trying to get it right and trying to, to figure out how to get everybody involved and put together a lot of different pieces that have never been together, and including myself. You know, it's not like you just there's – I think the, the great advantage of football is continuity. I mean, that's it. there's – I've learned a lot over the years. Continuity in the NFL is so important with coach, quarterback, you know what you're trying to to be as a team, and um you know a lot of situations you're in over years and years, and you know we just we haven't been in the, the reality just we haven't been in those together i might have been in a lot of situations, and um Byron's been in a lot of situations and b a's been in a lot of situations the receivers here have been in a lot of different situations, but we're just trying to make it happen together, and you're going up against other teams that have a lot of continuity, and that's the disadvantage, but we gotta try to make up for it as best we can and um, you know, we're gonna, you know, the only only way I know how to do it is to work at it and to work even harder. You know, every day that goes by, you just got to work harder and work harder and, work, and never take the foot off the gas pedal and then just make the improvements we got to make and then go out there and compete. And if it's not good enough, it's not good enough. You got to do better, but there's no, um, there, there's no, uh, you know, there's no part of me that thinks, yeah, this is, let's ease off. This is, you know, let's 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 not you know work quite as hard today because we've been overworking. And you know, I just think we get after it more. Next question come from
5: Joey Knight. Pause it real quick, Johnny. Pause it real quick. Now, do you think I think he was talking about I think Tom was talking about Antonio Brown in a sense because I think all the questions about continuity and stuff like that were not a question before Antonio Brown came to the Tampa Buccaneers two and a half weeks ago. Uh, also, I think that Antonio Brown, the insurance policy, Bruce Arians used that term loo- very, very loosely. Uh, it can mean a lot of things. Insurance policy for the hurt receivers that we had or the insurance policy to make sure we do good in the playoffs with three number one receivers. Now Tom has to get his continuity back with Antonio Brown like he has continuity with Godwin and Evans through half the year. And that's going to take time. Absolutely. It's t- that's why
4: I thought you know doing it for the Saints game, maybe was a bit of a
5: a bad idea, a bad idea. Uh, definitely, if it was rolling the dice, it definitely came up snake eyes. You know what I mean? Well, and, and I would say this, and, you know,
4: Brady knows that it's not about, I mean, we are into November. You want to be playing your best football in November. Um, it's the division rival game. That was the biggest game of the year to that point. Now this becomes the biggest game of the year. And, you know, they've got to get on the same page quickly. And I think ho- hopefully they'll use AB this week um The way he's been used most of his career. We had Bruce Gradkowski on on Monday, who played with AB, and uh, you know he's like, you don't want to. you can throw the ball down the field to him. He's he's great at everything. But get the ball in his hands early on. Quick slants, screen. You know, wide receiver screens, yack, quick outs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yack, let yack. him let him run with the football. That's what he does best. And that's not what the Bucks did last week for the most
5: part. Yards after catch. Antonio Brown's specialty. Uh, also, also, I think Antonio Brown. Fun fact: Not even Jerry Rice has done this, but he's had I think. A f- that's what, uh, six can four or five, something like that, some crazy stat with 100 straight, 100 consecutive catches, like four straight seasons. It's
4: Yeah, decent. when he
5: was going, he was going. Yeah.
4: Business was good. Business was booming. Booming.
5: All right, next
3: question. Tom, when things have been clicking for you and there have been a few games where they have, what would you say is the identity of this offense? Are you guys a power team that flourishes in play action? Are you something
8: else? When you're good, what's your offensive identity? I think we're trying to figure that out. You know, it's that's it definitely, hasn't been a 60 minutes of consistent football yet. Um, again, I think we're trying to, you know, we, it, we're just trying to figure it out and it's going to change from week to week based on who we play. And that's what, that's what teams are all about. It's football is a tough sport. There's different matchups every week to, you know, there's yeah. different uh, elements to every game that are challenged. Um, it's never really the same. So, um, That's the most honest thing he said yet. Again, just trying to work at it. We have time for a couple more. Next, we'll go to Sarah Walsh.
5: I think he knows he didn't give up a little bit too much information right there. Probably did. (laughs) Go
6: ahead. Hey, Tom. um, I was just curious how aware are you? Obviously, you go in with a game plan, and then um, the defense sort of dictates what you can do. Throughout the game, like. How aware are you of where, where guys are in terms of targets and catches, or is that something that just, like, doesn't even occur to you until someone shows you a stat sheet after the game? And even more importantly, as a follow-up, are the jet skis still out in the bay? Have they been retrieved?
8: They got fixed, yeah. If we, we dragged them back. They were about 300 yards away at someone else's house, and I got a bunch of messages from people that were like, hey, man, are your jet skis? You know, they floated down and uh, found their way into someone else's uh, dock. They got lodged. So I was very lucky, but um,
10: That's yeah, bad. And in yes, terms, terms of you know, where, where
8: guys are at, I'm I'm really, I'm just not, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking about, okay, it's the coverage you're playing this is where I should throw the ball. This is, you know, I don't know which, you know, you know, who's in the game, obviously, but you're not focused on where, where you know, you're just, the ball's going to go where it's going to go based on the coverage. And I'm going to try to make a great throw and they're going to try to run great routes and whoever gets it, gets it. And, you know, that's what winning football is all about. Last question will come from Kevin O'Donnell. Hey, Tom, uh, you used to have a you know, target on your back, as, you know, being with New England as the team to beat. Uh, the Bucks certainly were the, you know, had that target this year. A lot of immediate attention has been on them, fan attention. When you have a loss like this, wh- what does it do to the mentality of the team? And, and what do you say to the team to try to keep them up that haven't been through a situation like this? Well, you know, losing games is part of the NFL. I don't think you ever go unscathed. Um, You know, there's only one team that's gone undefeated in the history of the NFL and you're going to lose games. And when you win a lot, it's amazing. But you also got to deal with the, you know, when you don't play the way you're capable of playing, you play good teams, you lose. So um, we've all lost games. It sucks. It sucks for your family. Sucks for you. Sucks for your players. Sucks for everybody. You know, it's just, The whole organization feels crappy when you lose because you put a lot into it. But, um, you know, you're not going to sit here and feel sorry for yourself. You're not going to make excuses. You're going to get back to work and you're going to try to make it better. And you're going to identify where the problems are, the things you could do better, the things you need to improve on, and then you go out and you practice them. And then you try to go get it again. And it really sucks when you lose at the end of the year and you don't have any games left. And that's when you really feel bad. So um, hopefully every – I always say you win or you learn. And hopefully – you know, from losing, you learn a lot of valuable lessons, and um, you know we got to learn those uh, and and move on and improve our level of play so that we can go out there and play at a higher level and play more consistently and score more points and put more pressure on the defense.
4: Uh, the goat, Tom Brady, right there. You know, I, I, it was an obvious answer to that question that Sarah asked. It was a great question about you know the targets and whatnot because. Yeah, we break it down at the end of the game. We're like, oh, look at who this, they got this targets and they got this targets and blah blah blah. And you know, it's a totally different thing the way they break it down. They're they're going to look at the coverages. Did the ball go to the right spots? Did you know? Did Brady make the right reads? Was was there pressure? How did that affect? who got the ball. I mean, it, but there's no doubt as an offensive coordinator, if you want to get the ball in a certain guy's hands, there's ways that you can do that um, with with formations, with motions. You know what the coverages are going to be for the most part. Um, you know, Brady certainly knows. And, it, it yes, the defense is going to determine where the ball goes. It just, you know, to me in this last game, every time Brady made a made a read or made a choice, that guy wasn't open. Number one, uh, you know, Gronk was getting zero separation. Um, you know, A.B. got a little bit of separation. We had two, three separate incidents where guys stopped their routes and, and he threw it deep, which I think every single time was on Brady. Um, so there's just a, there was a lot of dysfunction in the offense that we hadn't seen all year long. And, and yeah, of course, you got to give the Saints a lot of credit for that. They have a very, very good defense and they played their best game of the season. But. You know, uh, again, if we said it all week long, it was it didn't seem like a great plan. It got blown up early, and it's just this is the week that we've got to see them bounce
5: back. What? This is the week that's going to tell us everything we need to know about this Buccaneers team. Agree. Uh, well, I think this whole this whole uh, quad of games with yeah. the Saints. And then another the division, another division rival, and the Panthers, and then the Chiefs, and then the Rams. I think this four games tells you a hell of a lot right in the middle of the season. It tells you a hell of a lot of how this team yeah. has gone and where this team is going. Because I mean, even if the Chiefs game, I don't, I never expected us to win even in the beginning of the season. But we that's need a to, winnable game. It is a very it's a very winnable, winnable game. A I mean, the Panthers,
4: the Panthers could have beat them. So that's a very winnable game. All right, Dave. In Tampa is up next. I believe he's still on the line. What's up, Dave?
11: Hey, J.P., happy
4: Friday, man. Happy Friday to you, my friend.
11: I um, I think this is a must win, and I uh, I wanted to tell you, uh, I, the other night I was up real late. I'm talking like 2.45 in the morning, flipping channels, and um, I forget what the guy's name was on some sports show, but he basically used this analogy. He said, every team is like a castle. You have to protect your castle. And Army after Army is going to keep coming through. And he said, he was talking about the Bucks game, and he said basically they blew up our moat, they blew up our tower, they put holes in the walls. They pretty much, and if you do not pick up and rebuild quickly, then, well, here comes Carolina uh, blowing apart our castle again, and uh, it's going to get worse after that. So, I think this is a must-win, JP. We lose this one, it's going to start going downhill real fast, and we may just finish like nine and seven, something like that. I but, agree. Um, but do you notice this, JP? Because you look, you are now you, you analyze games too, and uh, I look at them very close. I, I look at every detail. Brady throughout his whole career has always looked over and checked down, and looked over the whole field and checked down. This last game in particular, and the one before that. He's looking in one direction. For some reason, he's, after doing that for 20 years, checking the whole field, now all of a sudden, for some stupid reason, he's looking at one. He did it many times. You can look at the tape. He looked at one side of the field, and that's when Arian said Evans was open way over there, but he's not looking for some reason, JPL. I'll, I'll hang out and listen, but what do you think happened? Why is he not checking down the field and hitting eight, nine different receivers anymore? And have a great well, weekend, he, my friend.
4: Thanks, man. appreciate it. Well, he did for a couple games, and I thought he was getting really um, – and it seemed like a really nice collaboration between the Aarons offense and the Brady offense, and I thought they were heading in that direction. And then this game popped up, and it looked like – it was just a weird game he's throwing the ball down the field deep throws when he doesn't need you know on third and three and you know Leftwich is calling plays you know on one third and three where there was one player I think within five li- five yards of the line of scrimmage the other three receivers were you know 25 30 yards down the field and you know, sometimes you run clear out routes but that just it didn't seem like you know let's go four wide get the matchups that you want and exploit those matchups, and, and, and find guys that are going to win their matchups. I wasn't, you know, I didn't see a lot of receivers winning their matchups, and they kept going to the same seven-step drop that they couldn't protect. And so it was just so disjointed and so weird, and it was nothing like we've seen most of the year. So, you know, I, I expect them to get back to to executing shorter shorter plays, you know, some tunnel screens. Um, high percentage throws, running the football. I I think we're going to see that against the Panthers' defense. It's not nearly as good as the Saints' defense. You know, a lot of this is about personnel and coaching. And the Saints have some of the best personnel in the league. And they have some of the best coaching in the league. And they've had a lot of consistency in their coaching and personnel that the Bucs have not had. And that was exploited tremendously in last week's game. And, you know, it, it, it sucks when things go downhill that way. Now, are the are the Saints that much better than the Bucs? No, they're not. It's one of those games that just everything went right for the Saints, everything went wrong for the Bucs. Uh bad personnel decisions, I think, in in, in Joe Haig, uh, bad game plans, and you know, you just you scrub it, you go on to the next one. And they'll they'll learn from this. But yeah, this is a must freaking win. I've said this earlier in the week. This is a crossroads game. You win this game. You're back on track. You're starting to get A.B. Into the, into the mix. You know, hopefully he has three catches, 39 yards, maybe a tutty. Uh, that would be great. Um, I'd like to see Scotty Miller get back involved. I'd like to see Evan, You know, everybody, you know, a nice distribution throughout the game, executing high percentage throws, running the football, you know, and come out of there with another 31-17 win like you did to the Panthers in the first game. Then you're back on track. You're feeling good about yourself going into these two tough games against the Rams and the Chiefs and and like Tom says every every week is different all the matchups are different the game plans are different the injury situations are different so you've got to be able to adjust on the fly the good teams with depth and good coaching make those adjustments um you know right now I I think it's it's incumbent upon the coaching staff to do some different more creative stuff and we didn't see that last week they got totally outcoached and I wish you know some of the coaches would have Owned a little bit of that, to be quite honest, and the players didn't, you know, they didn't show up either. They did not have their best, the best game. But by the way, the analogy about the castle kind of takes me back to my my Game of Thrones days. But yeah, it was like Drew Brees was the dragon, just you know, coming down and just torching the castle of the north.
5: Oh, what a great episode! That was a great episode, wasn't what a, it? What a great episode when the dragon actually comes out and oh wow! What a the great the dragons fight. I hate that. I Remember hate that when the word. dragons
4: had the the aerial dogfight or the dragon fight. I are guess you call, you call it.
5: Are you calling Jamie? Are you are you calling Brady Jamie Lannister? I am. Yeah.
4: Oh That's my exactly god. That's exactly what I'm doing. Oh my yeah, god.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And the evil dragon came down, just frying people. Oh, that makes Giselle seriously. Did you know?
4: Um, I can see it. <laughs> true story. When I went to Scotland, uh, we saw a lot of the places that they filmed Game of Thrones. Sons of Scotland. And one of our one of our caddies was burned victim number six. In I that episode, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Dude, do your burn thing." And he's like, he's like going down the fairway, like like he's on fire. And we're like, "Yes, yes, nailed uh, it!" All you the one that right in front of the camera, <laughs> <laughs> it's burn victim number six. That's you. Jeez yes, that was great. And then we're like, we're so we're drunk, we're like, all right, let's set you on fire now and see if it works. It's freaking. He's like, "No, mate, we're not doing that."
5: See what Dave from Tampa actually gets? It gets a Game of Thrones plug-in, and we just go off with it. And say Tom. And say Tom Brady's the King Slayer. I like it. I he is like the it. King Slayer. Like well, it. no, he's kind of the king. Exactly. He's more like the king. I, I want to call him Joffrey or Cersei or, I mean, right? Now we're it's getting I deep mean, into yeah. it. Yeah. Now,
4: I started watching it again. That's how bored I am of some oh. of the other stuff that's on TV. It's not I need some new Snow. shows. He could be John Snow in journeyman. Yeah, I think. He, I think. He, I think he's definitely John Snow. The rifle king. Of the- <laughs> he's he's John, John Snow. Oh, God. I still can't get over the fact
5: that he, he knifed her. I did. I, I knew it was coming. You knew it was coming? I, I kind of didn't. I kind of did. I kind of, because she was turning into she's How do you, a Targaryen. She's so hot, though. She's a Targaryen. She's so hot, though. How do you knife that? Because it's your sister, bro. I was <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. Uh, no, but she was, turning never into, understood she was turning into the Mad Queen, just like all the prior, like. The Mad Queen. The yeah. Mad Targaryen. Yeah. It's in the blood. Yeah, I
4: guess she, but she, you know, for the greater good. No? You
5: I mean buying that? I mean I mean isn't Joe Biden for the greater good? No, here you go. I'm going to start you going <laughs> to send me da- you going to send me down that black hole? No, no. no, no we're not doing that. No. Nope. What Johnny? I said you had to do that on a Friday? <laughs> hey, had a mix man. We four beers in. in. By you the really, way, do you really want, you really want that that rant? <laughs> by the way, by the way, there's a COVID counter on the TB4 sports show you can watch every Sunday on 8:20 a.m. 10 to 12 p.m. getting your tailgate pregame ready for the sport for all the Sunday festivities all like I'll just say this
4: For all the all the folks that voted for Joe Biden there we are and if 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 and when he does become president Which is you know, he's the rightful if he's the rightful king. He's the rightful king. (laughs) He's the rightful heir to the chair (laughs) So be it. So be it. Let's check a few things first though. It's the American way Um, But if so and he decides to lock us all down and sends the economy into a crap I lose crap spin. My, I, I lose my apartment. <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm going to call all of you people personally and come to your houses who voted for me and go, "This is what you want? Is you want, you want a little lockdown? A little 6-month little lockdown? <laughs> Crash the
5: economy?" i lose hope the guy that doesn't happen. I lose my apartment unless the, I got some like, crazy line, money. Boys. What Johnny? The Famous Last Line Boys, be careful what you wish for. Yeah.
4: They uh, lose the show. That's what's going to happen? Lose America. No, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll take a break. That's it. That was a minimal. That was a minimal rant. I like that. That was a minimal. I, okay. That was that didn't, it didn't go off. All right. We'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back and, and Johnny has some audio from Stephen A. Smith that he really wants to play because he's such a Saints fan. And uh, since Stephen A. Smith was oh, slurping God. on Drew Brees today, I guess we're gonna have to listen to this. But we'll Drew Brees we'll, we'll go around the NFL. the a hell of a quarterback. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's on tap for this weekend. Stay with us.
1: Eight twenty, WWBA.
0: Fan Stream Sports. Tap the app. Oh yeah! Fan Stream Sports. Download it today. Now back to more with JP.
4: All right, welcome back on this Football Friday. Um, it'll be an interesting weekend. I think it's gonna be a great weekend. What time is the uh, Gator game tomorrow? Three thirty.
5: Is that? Oh, that is that a night game? It's. I think it's a night game. Johnny what what is it Florida Gator man I don't think we got Johnny no I don't think we got Johnny he left the room yeah. Had to take a piss
4: <laughs> uh, 727-518-0820 is the number if you'd like to uh, jump aboard uh, on our uh, last few minutes here on this football Friday it's been an interesting week
5: how about last night's game the Titans and Colts game did you watch it I watched a little bit of it the Colts the Colts defense is impressive very, very impressive. I'll tell you what; those and th- Philip Rivers is not dead. He no, I I don't. Phil, you never know what you're going to get out of Philip Rivers. I think he's a rich man's Jameis Winston.
4: Well, he's not turning the ball over as much as he did last year, and you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that could play behind that line.
5: Yeah, that mean, line is just. Zorro, then you got Stout. Our boy Quentin Nelson, who I couldn't believe, were one pick away from draft. We would we wouldn't have got Vitavea. We would have got Quentin Nelson, and we wouldn't have got either Carlton. We wouldn't have got Carlton Davis I, I, and, and Jamel Dean either. I, I like where I like what we did. I mean,
4: Quentin Nelson's a hell of a player, no doubt about it. But you know, the guys that we got, Vita, Vita Bay is, you know, his he, top three defensive tackle in the league, and well, my nose tackle well, in the league. Well, think of it thing. like this. Think of it and like look this. Look out! Look how much it's changed our defense losing him.
5: We got three starters out of that trade compared to just one All-Pro, 15-year All-Pro Pro Bowler Quentin Nelson.
4: Uh, by the way, if you missed it, uh, as far as the injury report goes, um, Ali Marpet and Carlton Davis are questionable for this week's game. Which I'm—I'm I'm gonna. My gut feeling tells me both of these guys play. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know how good you know. Think about Carlton Davis. Is you've got a sore knee as a corner. As a corner, you're just running all day long. And he's gonna have to run with Robbie Anderson. You know, you got to ask yourself. Is that is he going to be a liability on the
5: field? See, see, here's the thing. Who would you put him on Robbie or would you put him on DJ? Or would you just play him on a side and say, whoever's over there, we're going to.
4: Yeah, I I mean, I don't think think
5: they're Michael Thomas
4: or Julio Jones now. I don't typically think that the Bucs and Bulls do a lot of traveling. You know, they have a guy that travels with a certain guy. But um, either one of them, you know, you got when we don't have Carlton Davis to play man to man defense we're not we're not a very good defense that's what
5: i that's what i've seen sm god please don't play eight yard zone like eight yard off the ball zone just no no, because you know that's
4: that's playing into bridgewater's hands i mean that's he's a very accurate passer and you know if you give him just short routes he's just going to pick you apart and you hope that you get a holding call here or big, you know you get a sack here or there i just i you know i i want to see the bucks do what they do but if they don't have carlton davis that's gonna you know again you as a defense coordinator you gotta you gotta figure you put your personnel in the best situation. Yeah. And no, he's our best, he's our best cover guy, best man to man guy.
5: I agree. I agree. And if you guys listen to the JP Pearson show earlier, uh, we played the Bruce Arians interview and Bruce Arians mentioned if Carlton can't go Ross Cockrell, who I believe we activated from the practice squad not too long ago. And Ryan, an old friend, old familiar face, Ryan Smith, who honestly I didn't like the last time I saw him play it as a corner don't think he did bad he's usually our gunner it's not great no but he's not great i not mean great. everyone remembers ryan smith from the mike smith defense and we all know how tragic that everybody was.
4: was bad in that
5: defense yeah but there's a reason why bulls kept him you know if, if you wanted to clean house of the corners by all means do it but he kept ryan smith cut vernon hargraves but kept ryan smith well listen you know again this is a week where these guys a lot of them are going to have to step
4: up and play over their head so we'll see what they do um Russell Okung, by the way, the left starting left tackle for the Panthers is out this week. That's good. So let's get after Teddy Bridgewater from that side. Let's let's do what the Saints did to us last week, and Todd Bowles knows this obviously. But let's see him executed. Go out and execute it. Go at that left tackle, whoever it's going to be, and throw the freaking kitchen sink at him, and and get to bread, Bridgewater early. And I swear, I, I don't even care if you give up a couple of big plays early on. but Just keep coming after him and keep hitting him. That that seems to be what this Bucks defense does best. Yeah, and if you know, I know for some defense coordinators, it's like, well, let's just let's make them earn it. Let's like you know, eight, nine, ten drive, ten play drives. We don't think you can do it. I get that. You're going to get up against a Drew Brees or a Teddy Bridgewater. Those guys can do it. They're they're experienced enough. They're accurate enough that they'll pick you apart. And I just I just
5: don't think that it's it's what we do best. Sitting back in zone and rushing forward. I uh, see. Oh, here's especially with Okung out. I believe that, like, Shaq Barrett, come on, man. I know you're a disruptor this year, not necessarily the sack master, but, like, you got to get on the board this week. And also, I want, I, I think Sue gets one. I think uh, JPP gets one. And then I think uh, one of the line, inside linebackers, Devin White and Lamonte David, get one. We might get, like, three sacks, three, three, four. Maybe Shaq gets one, but... I definitely think we're going to be hitting Teddy Bridgewater. Jamel Dean ain't going to be falling for no pump fakes from Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater ever again, I'll tell you that. So just hit the freaking we learned, quarterback. We learn every week.
4: We learn every week. All right, uh, <laughs> Johnny, do you want to play your uh, your little soundbite there that you wanted to run today of Stephen A. Smith slurping your favorite quarterback? Oh, my Drew goodness. Drew Brees. Is that what you wanted to <laughs> you do? You have to be like
5: that. If you want to, you don't have to, man. <laughs> This one's for you, Johnny.
4: Oh man, you're just—you know—sometimes you're just really easy to to tweak. You know that? You're, you're oh, like I'm not even gator upset. fan. Gator fans, I find, are very thin-skinned. I mean, alligators typically have very thick skin. Gator fans, very thin skin. Oh no, I'm like, good. Like so easy to tweak. At first, I used yeah. to be like that, but then I started. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to let them do the talking. <laughs> So let's listen in. You want to set up your little soundbite there of uh, Stephen okay. A. Smith yeah, saying how it, great Drew ready. Brees is?
1: Yeah. Go we, ahead. We can hear Stephen. Set it A. up. We talked about those great quarterbacks in the past. We'd always mentioned them before Drew to Max Brees. Sullivan. And that, as a result, had people thinking, OK, he's elite, but well, what are we saying right now? He's elite. But because you brought up Patrick Mahomes, who you believe to be the greatest you've ever seen. You brought up Aaron Rodgers, who you believe to be top two, top three, the greatest you've ever seen. Excuse me. And then we mentioned Drew Brees. And that's a reason to sit up there and say not great. Hasn't proven it yet. Well, the man is over 40 years of age. He's been doing it for years, for years, for years. What the hell is he supposed to do? Be Mork and, you know, uh, you know uh, the old Robin Williams got rest his soul on Mork and Mindy, where you get younger as time goes on instead of getting older. Nice. What the hell is he supposed to do? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, your point is neutralized and nullified, rather. The moment you said he's crazy accurate, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks ever, well, damn, that's what you're supposed to be. That is literally the number one ingredient to greatness at the quarterback position the difference over the last several years and obviously because of age and you want to last a little bit longer so credit to Sean Payton for knowing that he wanted to keep his quarterback around maybe I don't need to have him throwing the ball so damn much especially when I got Alvin Kamara okay and before Mark Ingram left for Baltimore he was in there in New Orleans with Alvin Kamara so we got to think about those things and over the last what is it four years 536 attempts, then 489 attempts, then last year in 11 games, 378 attempts. Thus far, this year's 285 attempts. The guy yes. is on pace. The guy is on pace to throw 570 times. All I'm saying is, but if you look at the accuracy over the last five years, Max, 70% completion, Led 72, last four years. 74, 74, 74. Yes. I mean, damn. Well, no, you know, you know what, can't what you're pointing take out? away from greatness when you're pointing to that level of accuracy that he's delivering on top of winning games. <laughs>
4: Oh, so this just did. did Drew did Brees is good. Did we wake up? <laughs> he, he's good. Look, look, you know, last week we talked about Drew Brees being, you know, limited in practice. I think that was a bunch of horse crap. It was a setup. Um, Drew Brees is as good as he's ever been, and you yeah. know, and he's, and I, I didn't fall into this narrative lately that his arm is not good anymore. What I've said is his arm has been has been less than. Uh, less than average for the past three years, uh, yeah. but he gets it done with short passes. All the more reason, you know, you know, for Todd Bowles, why are you playing soft zone against this guy? I mean,
5: it just, uh, it, it was, that was say, maddening. Yeah, let's say Drew Brees isn't Tommy Glass or Tyler Glass now anymore. He's Charlie Morton now. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah, there you go. And, that, it, it, he's He's a crafty old vet. It, when he
4: has to throw the ball downfield, he'll make a throw. He's not going to throw it 50, 60 yards, but he doesn't have to. You know, deep balls can be 40 yards. If you let him go at the right time, it's still going to be a deep ball and catch a guy in stride. He can still stretch the defense as much as he has to, especially when he gets the kind of protection that he had last week. Nobody around him. And, he, and you know, and here's the idea. Dr- rushing four against that offensive line is it's death. You're not. You're not going to get. You're. You're not going to get home ever. I don't care oh. what front four you got. That's one of the best offensive pass pass blocking offensive lines in the league. And Drew Brees I gets agreed. rid of it quickly. I agree. And you know we never got him off his spot. And he's going to torture you. He's going to he's he's going to rip you apart if you give him that that opportunity. Do we?
5: I man, Todd Bowles. Did, I think he got duped by the shoulders. Say, ru- not rushing. Only rushing no, three, rushing no. four, and just saying, "All right, Drew Brees, you have a hurt arm, and we know you're not your arm's declining. Not necessarily as like bad like bad like no velocity, Chad Pennington, but
4: look, if you blitz Drew Brees, he's going to burn you. If you sit back in zone, he's going to burn you." The only difference is – so, I mean, you know that going in, right? Oh, he's 5'10". We, you know, <laughs> six, six foot and a half.
5: On cleats. So, <laughs> you 5'11. know that going in.
4: So, to me, it's like, all right, so it doesn't matter what defense you play. He's going to have success most of the time. So, then the next step is, well, what do you do best? Well, we blitz. Oh, And yeah. we go man to man. Oh, That's yeah. That's what we do best. So, why – if you've got a choice, be- choice be- choose between – one poison or the other go with what you do best and the up and by the way when you do put, get some pressure on him he tends to make bad decisions like every other quarterback does
5: and we've seen that before when the, those 14 to 9 games and in, in raymond james stadium where we're just taking over drew Brees and picking him off and forcing him to make throws that and, and be sporadic like our old quarterback Jameis winston we've seen it before we we know the buccaneers are able to do it it's just we came out flat, and we can't do that against Carolinas this Sunday at one p.m. No, sir. No.
4: Um, we we shall see. All right, uh, do we got one more break here, partner?
5: That's entirely up to you, man. We can take it.
4: All right, let's take one more break. A uh, quick three minute break. When we come back, um, I have some uh, some personal news to share that involves. Um, Someone I used to work with at 620 WDAE. And the greatest 13s in history. And the greatest 13s in history on this Friday the 13th. I'm not a superstitious person, but some people are. But what I mean? know who my greatest 13 is, and it's not even close. Oh, I know who my 13 yeah. is. Nah, we nah. might argue it. Who's yours? Uh, back in three. Stay with
1: me. Will it make it easier on you now? Make some noise. The Big Eight. 820-WWBA.
0: Nothing but pure sports here. Now, back to the show with J.P. on Fans Dream Sports.
4: All right, welcome back uh, to the Oak and Stone here in beautiful Sarasota. Gorgeous night. This is the type of uh, night that you want for the next few months. You want to be at these beautiful indoor-outdoor bars like the Oak and Stone. All their
5: locations are indoor-outdoor uh, type setups. Yes, and also there's a lot of beautiful women right there now.
13: There are, as a matter of fact, there are, Love and that. more on the way.
5: I'm um, I so,
4: um, got a few minutes left. I want to get to a couple of stories. Um, this one groundbreaking. The Miami Marlins have hired Kim
5: Ing. Is that how you pronounce it? Ng. Ng. Ng? Ng? We don't want to say the wrong thing. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you if anyone knows how to do it, call us on Monday. <laughs> I think it's Eng. I could be wrong. What was G? She's an, an Asian-American.
4: Um, she's the first now general manager of any major sport, first female general manager hired by the Miami Marlins. She has a, a ton of experience. Um, she's been the assistant general manager at the Yankees, of the Dodgers. Um, she's She's been long tenured with, with the
5: Marlins. So um, well, that's the Jeter connection right there. Some groundbreaking stuff groundbreaking stuff that's the jeter connection.
4: congratulations to uh to kim and we'll uh we'll see how she plays analytical base- baseball well it's interesting because jeter is pretty much you know he, as, as part of the ownership group is kind of like the de facto gm though he's kind of running the organization well right?
5: i mean yeah absolutely i mean oh. when you're president of baseball operations it's oh. kind of like magic johnson and rob palenka you know how that worked out, and yeah. we all know how that worked out. So. well
4: and, and and think about this. I mean, look at look at the Rays, for example, Heim Bloom, um, you know Eric Neander, all these guys, they never played major League Baseball. So what you know what encumbrance is there for females to get these jobs? You could say the same thing in the NFL. I mean, you look like a, a guy like uh, you know Mark Dominic. I mean, tons of these NFL GMs and upper management people never played the game. At any serious level. So, you know, to say that women can't do this particular job really doesn't hold water, you know, because they haven't played the game. It doesn't hold water at all.
5: You know, numbers, you know, baseball. Yeah.
4: I mean, especially now in analytics, it's, um, you know, it can open it up to to all genders. So um, that's a pretty cool thing. You know, it's a pretty cool thing, especially if you have a daughter that's into sports. And, um, you know, I think I think it's a that's a cool thing. And uh, good luck to her. Uh, hats she's got, hat, hats she's, off to that, by the way. Yeah, hats off to the Marlins mm-hmm. for doing that. Um, uh, and I wanted to mention this. A uh, former colleague of mine, uh, Steve Carney, many of you know, if you're a sports radio listener of, of any of any uh, part here in the in Tampa Bay, you know Steve Carney, who's been covering the Rays for a very long time uh, for 620 WDA. I worked with him for a very long time. Great guy. A veteran, by the way, of the Navy. Um, really enjoyed working with him, and a high-level producer. I mean, as good as it gets, really cared about doing a great job and doing a great show and a clean show, unlike the producer I had over there. Um, oh, wow. Shots. Got, shots fired. Nah, nah. Um, and I loved, you know, when, when Steve huh. would be producing my show, I loved it because I knew he was going to be on it. He cared. He cared deeply about um, about his craft. And he was let go today by 620 WDA. Um, and, and, you know, this is not anything against Steve Carney. He was doing what he loved to do. Um, just from, from what I know over there, Steve, he probably was not making a whole lot of money. And they fired a guy who is the backbone of their operation and, and on so many levels with the raise and, and everything else. And you fire a guy who's making not a whole lot of money in, in a multi-million-dollar corporation. It just it continues their uh, They don't give a crap about the product. They don't give a crap about the product. They will fire talented people, and it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to them, and they hire people based on how cheaply they can pay them. It doesn't matter about the content. I mean, clearly their their ratings have gone down forty, fifty percent in the last couple of years. Um, they're tanking, and the the company's in bankruptcy. And it's just, it's uh, and, and when you lose quality people like that, not lose when you fire quality people like that that aren't making a whole lot of money. What are you doing? What does that say about your commitment to the quality of the programming? So you could just go hire another ten dollar an hour guy that just to push some buttons. You can't. I mean, it's it's sad because they're the number one station in sports. They're number twenty two in the ratings, um, but they're the number one sports station. And the sports people deserve better. They don't spend any money on talent. They don't spend any money to keep people quality people like Steve Carney. It's all about making dough, and they really don't give a crap about the content to be quite honest. But Steve Carney, you're a class act. You're one of the best in the business and we love you, brother. Come work with us. We'll have you anytime, buddy.
5: You're the best. Absolutely. And we really appreciate you. A hundred percent, man. hundred yeah. percent. Hats off to Steve Carney as well.
4: And, you know, anybody who does any good over there will eventually be fired. We know that.
5: Anyway, JP, who's your favorite 13 before we close out the show? Dan Marino. Dan, Dan Marino. I got Will Chamberlain. Johnny, who's
1: yours? Will Distill. Dan Marino. Ah, I knew it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go Bucks. See you on Monday.